Well, hello and welcome, Xbox Nation, to this week's new episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Boomstick XL. And as you can see, folks, we are several people down on the panel. You know, real life stuff, uh, especially the time change kind of threw us for a loop, especially with Boxenberger, who is currently still at work should join us an hour in. And of course, talking about work, Mr. Joanna Dark is on a work call. He'll be about a half an hour late. We're going to get him back in here. But we still have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Pong Soul. Uh, just was listening to you and Steel Rain uh, drop some incredible knowledge bombs regarding, of course, my favorite subject of 2022, Elden Ring on <laughs> Living Split Screen. While I was cleaning, I tell you, cleaning and listening to podcasts, what a what a deadly combination. I get a lot of work done and I'm entertained. How the hell are you, dude? Doing fantastic, Boom. Like you said, real life is busy, but uh, so is the gaming industry. We are Indeed. coming into springtime. Things are starting to warm up uh, outside as well, inside of this industry. And we're starting to get some news. We're starting to get some leaks. We're starting to get some rumblings. Love it, Boom. This is the time where we start getting excited right before E3. Ah, uh, man. You know, it's crazy. Well. It's it's we, We're wishing... <laughs> E3 always happens at the uh, at the half of the year, right? right? And 2022 just started, but we can't wait for it to get halfway the hell out of here because <laughs> we're going to be talking E3. As a matter of fact, folks, a little uh, house cleaning, if you will, uh, tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I'm going to be sitting down with uh, the sensationable and best hair in the business, Jeffrey Grubb of VentureBeat. Uh, him and I are going to be sitting down for about an hour. Uh, tomorrow is normally not the time when I do X-Vlog, but because he does his shows on Thursday with, uh, with, with his, you know, his co-host, we moved it to Wednesday so he could be a part of the conversation. And tomorrow, folks, we have as a rock solid 60 to 70 minute program we're going to be talking about some breaking news regarding the development of halo and fable we have some information that has made the hellblade. airwaves hellblade, hellblade. <laughs> what did i say halo you said i halo. said halo oh my goodness <laughs> hellblade 2 and of course playground games uh fable reboot uh, and we have someone that has been working on the game, and he has very, very high praise for both studios as well as both quality for both games. And, of course, we're going to be talking about E3 2022, what that is going to look like, what we can expect Microsoft to bring to the table, what do they need to bring to the table. Tomorrow, folks, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Double Barrel Gaming. And, of course, just to give you guys the heads up of who we have uh, scheduled in the coming weeks, uh, we have Gaz, we have Aza, we also have uh, Ains from Seasoned Gaming, as well as Chris Grinnell is going to be joining me on a future episode. And I'm piling up the guests as we speak. It looks like April is going to be a rock-solid month. And so far, if you missed on X-Vlog Live, the new program, the new one-hour program, the one-on-one -on -one show, uh, I've had... Uh, uh, I've, I've had a, a great deal of people on there. We've had um, Miles Dompierre. We've had Jez Corden, who was the first guest. We had uh, Rand Al Thor, friend of this program. Uh, and, uh, and the last week was King David. And of course he delivered. So if you are interested in checking that out, instead of Thursday, just this week, it will be on Wednesday, just to accommodate Jeff 
uh, and his schedule. And then we'll get back to being on Thursdays. The week after that is going to be, um, I believe it's Asa. Uh, who's going to be joining me one-on-one and when, whatever the topics is, hopefully Microsoft's dropped some big news. But let's let's get into the next introduction, and that is VJ. And VJ, listen, you have carried us on numerous occasions with the incredible <laughs> knowledge that you bring with you, and we anticipate that you're going to do the same because we are down some people. How are you? How have you been? Um, I'm good, Boom. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Pong, and everyone in the chat. Yeah, I'm just uh, just familiarizing myself with uh, today's topics, and I'm um, looking forward to the show, Boom, and uh, let's make it a good one. Well, I'm glad that you're here. And, folks, we're going to open up with the hot breaking news. Uh, GameIndustry.biz, a very, very respected publication, is reporting that shareholders are to approve the Microsoft acquisition. And that's going to be held on April 28th. And the results of that meeting, uh, which are going to be done virtually, are expected on May 4th. Now, the article says that the Publishers Board of Directors encourages shareholders to vote in favor and a majority of these shareholders are needed for the deal to be approved now it also says in the article if the merger is not approved activision blizzard warns that stock will decline significantly uh the vote which in which activision blizzard shareholders will decide whether or not to approve the microsoft 68.7 billion dollar acquisition will be held next month now in an sec filing shared with investors the publisher said a meeting will be hosted virtually again on april 28th during which shareholders are expected to pass the deal uh the uh however the, the again the article quotes however while the vote is described as a non-binding and adv- advisory activision is emphasizing on the importance of the vote starting with the merger uh and uh, this cannot be completed unless a majority of the shareholders do approve it. Now, if someone or some group is not there, it is going to be deemed as they do not want it to be uh, be passed. So they are encouraging shareholders to be available for this meeting. And as the, as the report says, uh, it is expected that uh, that they are going to pass it because obviously they are the pe- the shareholders are happy with the price that Microsoft is offering. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to be extremely rich after this deal is done. Uh, Pong, I'm going to go to your first brother. Uh, you know, this comes on the heels of yesterday's news that was again reported by GameIndustry.biz, one of their reporters, that the FCC has asked for a second look into this deal, which this was expected. And of course, again, a little bit of house cleaning. Uh, This Friday morning, uh, I'm going to have Hogue Law joining us for the first 30 minutes to talk about exactly what the second look means and what is to be expected for you hearing and reading the article that I dropped into the DM, do you have any concerns that that this deal will be held up by shareholders, Pong? No, not at all. I think the majority of shareholders, like you just talked about, Boom, are happy with the price that uh, Microsoft is offering as far as the stock goes. I think that this is more of a formality now. Anything 100%? Of course not. Of course not. You definitely could have some of the troublemakers, uh, some of the people that are suing 
um, <clears throat> this deal from going through. We've heard those uh, shareholders are out there. They could obviously try, depending on who they are, to gather some support amongst shareholders to block this deal. Uh, but at the end of the day, I believe most stock uh, shareholders, I should say, <clears throat> stock owners are going to be happy that Microsoft and Xbox came along at this time when Activision was in serious trouble, Activision Blizzard being in some serious legal troubles. And I think they all see that this is a light at the end of the tunnel, that this is something good for the company, that without this deal, uh, Activision Blizzard's in some serious, serious trouble. And at the end of the day, that means they lose money because their stock prices go down. Yep. And nobody likes that. Okay. Nobody. <laughs> That's why you're in the stocks. So um, I think this is a formality. This is part of the process. This had to happen. Obviously, this is this is part of what goes on. I was going to mention boom. Obviously, anybody who wants to know uh, about this stuff more, you know, definitely go follow Hog Law. Go watch his videos. Good friend of this uh, this, uh, this channel here. And he just does an awesome, amazing job with his coverage on this stuff, uh, because he is a mergers and acquisition attorney. Yep. Uh, even though somebody tried to living. tell him, somebody tried to tell him on Twitter that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay. All right. Anyways, well, welcome to Twitter, but no, this is, this is just part of the process. I don't think that anything's going to be out of the norm here. Again, of course, if enough, enough stock holders don't even show up and they're counting that vote as against it. That's always, you know, risky, but I think this deal is so big and means so much to the stockholders. They'll all be there. They'll make the effort to be there. Um, and so I think this, uh, this, this portion of the deal gets approved. And I think we move on from there. Yeah. I, I think it is going to get approved simply because uh, Microsoft is paying more than what the stock was worth to uh, sweeten the pot, so to speak. Um, and, uh, the, the, listen, the, the reason why Microsoft jumped into action, and we actually talked about this, uh, a little bit last night towards the end of primetime gaming, uh, Microsoft, uh, they, I, 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 and again, this is just folks, it's just an opinion. So I could be wrong by all means, take it and run with it. If you want, uh, I have, uh, on strong authority from certain people that I've talked to that, uh, this deal not so much was dropped into their lap. But it fell out of the sky. Uh, this was not something they anticipated. They had a whole bunch of other acquisition plans that they were uh, scheduled to announce, from what I understand. And those all had to be held up due to this $68.7 billion deal that is a once-in-a-lifetime thing, right? Like the Activision Blizzard thing covers so many check boxes from, from Microsoft and Xbox Game Pass moving forward. It's bonkers. Right. They're going to have the Call of Duty as first party. Now, again, you know, you can get into the schematics if you want about why it should be first uh, exclusive and why it shouldn't. I personally don't care because for me, Xbox Game Pass is the exclusive. It's something that Sony doesn't have. Sony, I don't think will ever have anything like it, especially with the way that they got kicked back for their new project that's coming out that seemed like rehashed garbage. Um you know, Microsoft, again, they this just adds to their exclusive lineup and more importantly, the Xbox Game Pass lineup, which upon you're a big you call yourself a grazer, which you said on the show on Saturday, which is hilarious that you call yourself a grazer. Yeah, but um, this is good. This is a, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. And I think that the reason why Microsoft uh, added the extra bonus on the, what, per, you know, cash cash values for the stock 
was because the stock was declining. There's, there's just no doubt about it, right? We know that for a fact. Um, so I expect that anyone that wants to continue to pad their bank account is going to push forward with this deal. Pong, anything you'd like to add, brother? No, I think you nailed it. Boom. Again, Microsoft Xbox had to overpay um, and they knew they had to make a fair deal to obviously get the stockholders. Uh, a part of that is getting the stockholders on board as well as obviously the board themselves of Activision Blizzard um, because they can't just because, again, as stockholders or as the board goes, the value dropping the way that it did was obviously a problem. But at the end of the day, internally they probably all believed that they could make the changes necessary to bring the stock back and again remember at one point activision blizzard was trading at over a hundred dollars a share so microsoft still came in with a fair deal but a deal nonetheless that if this does go through microsoft and xbox actually if you can count a 70 billion dollar deal got a good deal okay if yeah. you can actually say that about anything 70 billion dollars they actually got a good deal here because the value was actually more so at its peak than what they paid for but so it works out for everybody right it's a win-win situation for everybody when it's when we're talking about microsoft two you know two point whatever trillion dollar market cap company you know a, a few billion dollars here or there doesn't make a difference at the end of the day. They just want to make sure that they made this as a, they wanted to make sure they put their best foot forward. And I think they did with that stock price. And that's why they, that Activision Blizzard jumped on it and said, let's do it because how many other companies are going to be able to walk in and offer that kind of money? Not too many. Right. Yeah. So, so that that's where we're at, but no, I think you nailed it. Boom. I think you nailed it. This is going to go through this, this portion of it is going to go through. I should say. Yeah. I mean, there, there are a lot of hurdles uh, to and doors to open and close until this deal is done. I am going to say that uh, and again, I, I, I can't speak. I'm, I'm not a lawyer, right? I law enforcement. Sure. But I don't know corporate law. So I don't know if what I'm saying makes any sense, but I can say that the overall feeling that we got from a lot of the panel members yesterday is that not only is this deal going to be done this year, which wasn't expected, right? They talked about potentially getting at the end of uh, at the uh, the end of the uh, fiscal year in 23. A lot of people feel, including myself, that this deal is going to get done. I feel that it's going to, including with uh, Kaysante, uh, who's I believe is in the chat, and Everborn Saga, they believe that this is probably going to happen towards the end of the year. Uh, um, I, I find it to be, uh, considering they're already asking for a second look, makes me believe that they everything they just you know with this size of this deal, like they reported at uh, GameIndustry.biz yesterday, it's near seventy billion dollars. It's the biggest deal Microsoft has ever done in company history. So of course, all the T's have to be crossed and all the I's have to be checked. So the second look was expected. I just didn't expect that second look so quickly. So that tells me that it's moving. And, yeah, uh, you know, sure. obviously, if they're voting whether or not to uh, sell, which they're going to be doing next month on April 28th and expecting, a, 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 a you know, a public result on May 4th tells me that it seems and again, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know for sure. But it seems as if things are moving the way that they should be. Uh, but again, only time is going to tell. Uh, again, we wanted to talk about this this is this is this news broke this morning i thought it was be be interesting as we you know kind of wait for people to kind of file in here uh vj let's get your opinion on this you know sure. gameindustry.biz is a trusted news source 
uh, they 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 are the standard, so to speak. Um, and uh, obviously, the SEC uh, the SEC filing uh, that was shared with investors talked about the April twenty eighth date of where they're all going to sit down and approve or disapprove, and it's expected to go through. Uh, for you, what 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 do you see in in, in the writings from game industry job Do you see any cons- any any reason for concern? Um, I mean, this is not really my field, so I'll, I'll give you a, a layman's take here. Uh, so I'm just going to copy uh, Pong's homework. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, uh, look, I'm I'm assuming it, this is just procedure and sort of part of the process, uh, given the magnitude and the profile of the deal. Um, if if you just look at the language, right, um, it's if you look at the language being used in the in the um, in the uh, what was the come game industry biz piece? It's it's kind of game industry biz. Right. Thank you. Uh, it's if you read the language, it's kind of um, coercive, right? And panders to every every human's sort of fear and prejudice of uh, potentially missing out, right? Plus the fear of an uncertain future if uh, no one commits or rejects the. Uh, this sort of what do you what do you want to call it an advisory motion right slash customary process and uh, and I just I was just checking as Pong was um, talking about shareholders and stakeholders you only have to do a quick Google search and you can see that the major shareholders it consists of about four or five or six investment companies yeah. and those are investment companies that um, are not well versed in the gaming industry, but are fundamentally looking for a return. And um, I think between the four and five of them, and it was just a, a quick a quick check. So please investigate for yourself. Um, and except for for Vanguard, um, everybody owns about four or five percent. They own about seven and a half percent. And um, and these as a, companies, as I say, they know very little about. The, um, the games industry, let alone the running of a video games company, but they do know from history the volatility uh, of the games industry in itself, and the fact that uh, an offer from Microsoft uh, was it seventy billion cash? Let's just round it up, and um, doesn't come around uh, very often at all. And I was just having a look in the chat, and I think it's live supremacy. And he, you know, he pointed out quite quite well that Activision shareholders will never get another deal this high. I don't know about the never. But it, these deals don't come around very often, and and I think that um, between those shareholders, um, I think they own about thirty five percent of the company as well. So the size um, of uh, of the deal, right? And I think that the way they're going about it, um, sort of, and the process processes and the procedures that that, that are that are being taken, right? Um, I think they're there to sort of circumvent and negate any potential investor adversity pertaining to the purchase, and that also speaks to, I think it was Pong or, or yourself, Boom, that said that, um, you know, that's why they've kind of paid such a high price for it, right? Um, so that these guys don't kick up a fuss and don't look a gift horse in the mouth, but. As as an investor per se, if if I it was me, um, you know, looking at my my funds and capital investment, I don't know when these guys bought in, but I'm assuming it was some time ago, right? And um, they they include like companies even like um, what's it Berkshire Hathaway as well, which which are quite huge in the states. So I think the reason um, for sort of for the shareholders uh, or investors to turn around and sort of say no there's there's no deal I think are very limited if few or very far between and I think that 
the rest of the shareholders, what are the other 60 or 65%, they are going to be looking to the key shareholders because those companies are incredibly successful, as far as I can tell. Um, and not that I dig around in their accounts or anything. And they know exactly when to invest and when to divest and uh, i.e. sell, you know, sell out their shares. So they will lead the charge. And all the other investors, I think, will be like sheep and just follow, follow suit. And, and I, think, I think it's perhaps for me, uh, and I think like for everybody in the chat and probably yourself, Boom and, and Pong, it's difficult to see how this is not a done deal. And I say this, it's for me, again, it's just protocol and convention and then it's just for public transparency so that it's, well, especially since it's a public listed company, right, and a publicly traded company. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of have to follow these measures, protocols and uh, due diligence procedures. And I think that they're, you know, just the sort of, you know, like you said, boom, the, the boxes that need to be ticked that are very customary so that everyone involved uh, knows the rules, know yep. that this is being laid out clearly, right, and that no one can come back on you because um, I'm, I'm sure that's a possibility. And like you said, the U.S. Securities Exchange Commission and the, and the Federal Trade Commission and whatever and who else needs to ensure, right, that that their um, that their backsides are covered. And and I think those are these are just motions, right, that are put in place so that the unraveling of it or or a counter proposal to it is all noted and well documented so that if there is an issue at a later date um there's a stack of paperwork there to sort of say well hey hang on a minute we we did our job right and at the end of the day um shareholders are seeing a return and i don't see a clear future under bobby kocek and uh, even if you put remove bobby kocek i said this at the time i said that i i think it, activision needs a new injection or, or a new lease of life, and I think that there's not many others than Microsoft that can that can provide that for Activision. And I think if you, if you look at the the Zenimax board, uh, again, mainly investors, right? They took the deal rather than going public or anything, and um, and uh, none of them are. Uh, emotionally attached to to these sorts of companies and so on and so forth right because we look at it like gamers right but these guys clearly just look at it as numbers on the screen and um and i think that microsoft will in um inevitably own activision unless it falls fouls of some sort of u.s merger and acquisition laws and regulations um and as i said these processes are there to just ensure it doesn't but um and apparently as far as i can see as, as you were saying boom if uh, if they've been slightly overpaid and they're receiving uh, a value for, for their shares uh, for a share price that was in decline then it's got to be in the best interests of everyone right and um it just seems a, a part Pong, of, uh, refresh my uh, memory if i'm yeah. wrong in regards to what uh, vj is saying their, their stock had dropped down to below 60 dollars per share what, yeah, what it was in the sixties, I think, when the offer was made. I can't remember what its low point was, but yes, it was in. The it 60s. was when yeah. when when the uh, the death threat situation with Bobby Kotek came to light, the, everyone panicked. The stock yeah. dropped. I mean, but significantly yeah. because obviously he's making death threats over not over nonsense, and that's a god complex he has, and that's why he, even like he got he got thrown off the uh, the coke board. He was on that board as well, mm -hmm. and, and they dumped him. So I would imagine that uh, the, wherever he was, that he, that, you know, just a, as an investor, you don't want them being no part of that. So, no. yeah, to your to your point, market, that that makes a good that may, you make make great points. Uh, I think PJ. I think boom is uh, the stock market. You can see it's been up and down. Um, I don't yes. play the stock market. My wife does, but she, the market's been volatile and it's very very sensitive here, especially with what's going on globally. But 
look, at the end of the day, boom, if for some reason the deal doesn't go through, right, then the question is for me personally, right, when I look at Microsoft and where they are and what they're doing is so what? Activision will still be standing, will carry on moving along its own business trajectory and whatever that hell that looks like, right? And I'm frankly you know, not interested in Activision because I don't really play their games as such. And this is, again, a self, self sort of inwardly looking selfish point of perspective. And as such, I believe Xbox, with or without Activision, is still on a, on a very strong, sort of on a very steep and strong sort of trajectory, right, in terms of where they're going, an upwards trajectory, not downwards, right? So let's just clarify that, right, uh, with Game Pass and regardless of Activision. So that's where I stand right now. Activision will just intrinsically tether uh, financially, cooperatively, uh, creatively. It will tether Nintendo and Sony to them regardless, right? And so the basically, if you look at it, those two companies, as heavily as they rely on the Activision IP, will be under Microsoft's uh, uh, umbrella, if uh, whether it's by proxy or, or from a pseudo perspective. But uh, I think I'm digressing here a little bit, so I'll just shut up now. No, no, no. I mean, by all means, you know, can, you know. listen, you, you bring a lot of great points to the conversation, which is why we love having you on here. Um, but listen... Uh, needless to say, we're not going to beat the horse. Um, obviously, if we had the other panel members here, we'd get their opinion on it. Uh, I have a strong fear, suspicion that the deal is going to go through very very similar to the way that Bethesda went through. Uh, it, it still has to clear not only the, the, the hurdles here in the States, it has to you know uh, clear the hurdles in the EU, which at times can be a little bit stingy. But again, I, I don't see that being an issue because the only way that they throw uh you know uh, a break onto this is if consumers are in some way or form going to be uh hurt and that's not in fact what's happening uh the, the consumers are going to be the ones making out like bandits because obviously everything that that's in their catalog is coming to game pass and right now even with the deal going through it's already been confirmed that microsoft would still be number three in the world in regards to this genre of entertainment so that 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 says a lot I and mean, if you're going from you know 16th to number one it raises questions for sure but not not to number three uh whereas sony continues to buy studios like well they announced yesterday that haven has now jade raymond studio has joined uh playstation game studios um mm -hmm. and that's their seventh uh acquisition in the last 18 months including Bungie for $3.6 billion that was announced earlier this year. So, uh, you know, obviously everyone's in the business of acquisitions. This is, this is a thing. This is, this is a reality. Microsoft just happens to be in a position financially, especially because they had cash to burn literally that they are going to, they were in the right place at the right time for this deal. And Activision Blizzard is going to sew up so many holes. Not only are they getting uh, the PC with Blizzard uh, and Call of Duty with console, but King with mobile is going to be massive for for Xbox. And this this is this is a three headed monster that could not have come at a better time for the company, especially if you are a Game Pass subscriber. You know, right now we are winning. There's just no doubt about it. But I digress. Let's uh, move on to topic number two. And, you know, look, the headline of the show, ladies and gentlemen, is what uh, is launching later this week. And that is the Halo 
television series. It is a nine-episode show that is being produced by Paramount Pictures. And, it, you know, there's been some previews. And the previews, I mean, there are some people that like it. There are some people that absolutely hate it. And there are some people that are suggesting that they don't know exactly uh, what they, well, you know, what, what audience they are looking uh, for, and uh, Tech Radar uh, says this in their statement regarding the uh, Halo TV series. Uh, they're calling it that. Uh, they're su- they're suggesting that it has an identity problem, and says that the show doesn't know who its main audience is. And we've heard that on several reports. Uh, and uh, some of the controversy pong that has come out of this show, uh, one of which is Cortana. She is not blue the way she is in the game. And the uh, the producer of the show explained that it was, uh, and I don't, I listen, I'm not a producer. What do I know? But I've, we, we've seen people mocap and be purple. So I, I, I don't see why mo- a mocap, uh, mocapped uh, Cortana couldn't be blue. But I just, I have to see the series for myself in order to make judgment calls on it. Me personally, I, I'm not all that hung up about it. One of the big ones, Pong, is Master Chief removing his helmet. Um, that is a big one for a lot of people. Uh, very, very similar to like the Mandalorian who never removed his helmet except for two times in the entire show. Uh, and that's because of his code. Well, Master Chief doesn't remove his helmet because he has a code. He just doesn't remove his helmet because, well, he's he just doesn't. You know, he's pale skinned under there because he's always in the armor. Um, listen, w- I have to read what the series the halo series uh um uh producer had to say and this look i'm gonna be honest with you i'm excited for the show it's it's a it's halo show it, it, the halo is coming to prime time they're going to be nine episodes i believe they're about an hour long it's master chief and they did not each each of these episodes are millions and millions of dollars they did not cheap out on the special effects this is not going to be a sci-fi Master Chief. This is going to be a full budgeted, big budget, big movie um, type of um, quality. But Pong, this is what the showrunner had to say. And I quote, we didn't look at the game. We didn't talk about the game regarding how uh, they uh, produced the this Halo series. They were more concerned with character building and world building than they were about what we played in the game. Do you see a problem with this nine episode series and Master Chief coming to the small screen in regards to home for the first time? Yeah. Um, look, this is, a, I'm old enough to have seen many things that I love die off over the years to change, to not be the same. And one of the biggest problems I have is like the biggest problems I have is when people try to be too smart for their own good. Okay. And I think that, I think that's part of this is that, look, if you want to take halo in a different direction, which they are, it's not Canon. uh, They're calling it the silver timeline or whatever they're calling it. It's not Canon, right? I get that. And, And we've talked about extensively on this show, boom and others about how much lore there actually is within the Halo universe. And I thought it could be, you know, lore wise, if they wanted to, had they started a long time ago, Halo, the Halo universe could be as big and expansive as a Star Wars, as a Star Trek, whatever the case may be. That's how much lore is sitting there. 
So if you want to take this in a whole new direction, right, and you don't want it to be just a game adaptation TV show, I get it, right? I completely understand. There's plenty of stories to tell, plenty of different directions to go. But to come out in public and to tell the fan base, the main fan base, who is going to be the ones that are hyping this TV show, because Halo is a game first, and that's never going to change. Halo became Halo because it is a game. It is a video game. Yeah, it's not the opposite way around where you've seen like Star Wars be a film and then get translated over to a game. Yeah, and books and everything else. Over to film. Correct. 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 So I have a severe, severe issue with the fact that you would come out in public and tell the rabid fan base, we didn't even look at the game. Look, that to me is just idiotic. That to me. Reckless should never happen. It is. It is. Again, either don't say anything at all or or flat out lie because that's the worst way you could start something off. Because again, most people, especially Halo fans, have been around for long enough to know how things can go sideways when people take over a beloved franchise, a beloved book. It does not matter and don't respect the original content or don't look back on the original content and at least bring some of that in to their TV show. Now I'm not saying the TV show is going to be awful. I'm not saying that they did. They didn't nail what the, what halo is in any way, shape or form, just because they didn't go look at the game. But what I'm saying is you're giving the wrong vibes to that fan base that needs to know that you're treating what they love with care and respect. And to say that you have not watched the game to me is a sign of disrespect or have not even looked at the game. I'm not even saying you have to play through all the games, but just to say that you never even went back and looked at the game to figure out what it's about. To me, that's a sign of disrespect to the fans. And that's not the way you want to kick off this TV show. Again, if it's fantastic, it's the best thing ever. Hey, so be it. Fans will forget they ever said that. But if there are some things, boom, and there's already been some criticism out there about this, if that continues on in each episode, there's something that's a little bit off or something that doesn't hit the fans right. Guess what? They're going to all go back to that again, to that to that quote and say, well, yeah, of course it is, because you didn't look at the game. You didn't look at what we fell in love with first. And again, yeah. you need that core fan base to spread the word to the masses. It's getting massive advertising. There's going to be people coming from all different places to watch the show to check it out. But you need that core fan base to be there 100% to carry that show forward and to keep spreading out the word. That's what happened with games. Game of Thrones is that people who loved George... And what he did in the books came in and then started water cool, you know, water cooling talking. Yes. Yes. And yes, that's yes. how Game of Thrones started spreading like wildfire. You know, I got one even better, so Pong, yeah, if you don't mind, if I yeah, jump in ahead. here. First of all, yeah. I want to welcome Mav to the program. Mav, first of all, uh, I'm glad that you're okay. We heard that there was a tornado that touched down in Texas. I am glad that you are unaffected. Uh, welcome, brother. How you feeling? Yeah, we had some warnings last night and stuff, so it was getting a little scary, but uh, yeah. I'm okay. Just had a meeting that ran over. No, that doesn't, um, that, that, that's fine. But, Listen, real real life, brother, real life. Listen, uh, we're glad that you're here. We're, we're talking about Halo, obviously. You're, you're going to be on the conversation. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, 
look, I, I, I look, I'm going to show my age and I'm not afraid. I'm going to be 52 this year, ladies and gentlemen. I'm the old man in the room 10 out of 10 times, uh, especially in this young uh, community. And that's fine. That, that, that's okay. I saw Star Wars in uh, the city cinema in Co-op City. Uh, it's, it, you know, it's when I was uh, seven, eight, seven years old. So it's fine. But I, what I like to equate you, what you're saying to is I want to take it outside of Game of Thrones because I've never watched an episode. Right. I'm just I just never have me and Mrs. Boom. We love Lord of the Rings. We love all those dragon type of films. Just never saw it. It just never appealed to us. Eventually we'll get to it. It's fine. But with that said, I want to take it Pong in a direction and I want to use the Mandalorian as a great stepping stone for this conversation, because we we know that Star Wars, man, that spare fan base is is, is split. It's you know you have your 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 lovers and you have your haters. That that is a that is a fickle bunch of people, right? And I'm we're all a part of that. Well, no one knew who the Mandalorian was, right? No one understood what that race of characters were until, of course, the show. And the show didn't have to change its lore in order to reel in a new audience. So it kind of frustrates me a little bit when you hear the, the the producer of the show saying, well, we're trying to, you know, make it understandable for a new audience. And I hear you, but you, but, but what, but you, you, you have to first get it right for the fan base that gets you there and then reel in the people with the water cooler talk. Do you agree? Yeah, I do agree. Now, Star Wars is a touchy subject for me, being a gigantic fan, and what Disney has done uh, to Star Wars since they were given the keys to the kingdom, so to speak, of Star Wars. It has been very, very hit or miss. Mandalorian wasn't as great to me as it was to most people. Um, There are things that they have done to that show, but I understand exactly what you're saying, Boom, and I do agree with the substance of your you know, your thought there is that you have to, you have to appeal to that core fan base and keep some of what is, what created those fans in the first place. You have to, even if you're not the original creators, you have to go back and you have to try to find that piece of magic. You don't have to have all the magic, but you have to find the piece of magic that when those hardcore fans when those old school fans come and look at whatever you're trying to show the world they go okay i can see it i can see it i can feel it i get what you guys are going for here mm-hmm. yeah you're taking it in a different direction but but that little piece of magic is still there this is still halo to me at the end right. of the day and yeah. even if it's not canon that's okay there's enough there where i'm drawn in and guess what i'm gonna go tell my buddies i'm gonna go tell my family hey you guys should I know you're not big Halo fans. You're not even really gamers, but you should come check out this Halo show because they're doing something different. It's still, but it's still fun and it's still Halo. And I think you guys really like it too. That's the way that you get a TV show off the ground like this. And of course they've already, they've got security. They already signed a second season and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, they're safe for now. I just hope again, I just hate this quote coming out this early before the show has even begun. If this is yes. an interview that they did after the first season and it didn't like hit, it, I'm gonna be honest. And, and then, then come out and talk about this, right? Then then it's not that big a deal. It's just to start the show this way. Again, you're rubbing the core fans the wrong way when you say something like this. And I just don't think you want to start it that way. That's that's my whole opinion. Though, so. Look, 
I'm going to say this right now. I'm incredibly excited for the show. First, they picked a great actor to be Master Chief, right? Some people didn't like the fact that the voice is he's he's doing the voice. Listen, folks, it's okay. He's I think he's doing a fine job. Is is he the original Master Chief? No, but I I think that um, it's before I, I my glass always half full, right? I'm always a half full kind of a dude. I'm still excited for the show. Uh, nine ep- n- nine episode uh, season one season two already confirmed. Um, again, it's not going to be a sci-fi budgeted um, show. There's going to be spending some bucks, so I'm very excited for that. Um, we we'll see after episode one. You know, obviously we'll talk about it on this show. You know, and, you know, and, and obviously we, we have to we have to talk about it on the Xbox Factor podcast because it's freaking Halo. But let VJ, uh, before I get to you, brother, I, I want to shout out a couple of people. Uh, Drawn TJ, very generous friend of the show. He drops the first super chat of the day for $2 and says, hi, guys. I'm excited to watch the Halo show, and I'm right there with you, brother. I cannot wait. That is great. Listen, me and Mrs. Boom are, 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 are all ready to rock and roll with that. Let me just catch up. Now, if I didn't already say hello to you in the chat, I'm working my way as the other panel members are talking. I'm saying hello to everybody. It's just my thing. I, I like to you know, welcome everyone individually in here. And if I didn't get to you yet, trust me, I'm going to be scanning the chat and I will eventually get to your name. It's it's just, again, it's just my thing. We have Chris R. drops a very generous $5 super chat and says, as a big Halo lore fan, I'm pretty indifferent to the show changes because it made it clear it doesn't follow the game canon. So why be mad? I mean, I hear what you say. I'm not angry. I'm not angry at a show not following canon. I think the story they're going to tell is going to be an emotional one. Um, do I think that it, it, the show is ruined because Master Chief takes off his helmet? Honestly, not really. Because here's the thing. At some point during a book or during a, 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 a story that we don't know about, his helmet has come off, right? At the end of four. Was it four or was it was it five? He took off his helmet. They didn't show his face, but he took off his helmet. It has happened. He's a you know he's well he's he's a human being. He's just a genetically uh, altered super soldier. But I I, I personally look. I, I I'm I'm not all bent out of shape about it. I have to see the whole product before I lay down a judgment. And say yeah, I didn't like X, Y, and Z. Uh, let's see if any other super chats have come in before I get to VJ. VJ, listen. You yep. understand the ramifications of a Halo show launching. It is a big deal. It comes off the heels of a very highly rated um, <clears throat> Halo Infinite that released last year. Both the yep. multiplayer and the single player, I thought, were masterpieces. Um, now, granted, the, the there's some content issues with multiplayer right now that people want some more multiplayer in their lives and you will get it but i still think it's a, quite a fine game and i'm very happy with what 343 delivered um but it's it, it doesn't prove well for the brand especially on a new show when the producer comes out and says basically that the game itself mattered not didn't matter much to them in regards to their lore and and, and world building I, I i again i i agree with pong he says it's disrespectful i absolutely agree i mean uh we have void lock spartan 
he's obviously a fan of Halo, who drops an outstanding $2 super chat and says, there's no reason for me to watch the Halo show. There's no lore in it. What, 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 when, when you hear fans that are passionate about the brand say that, VJ, how do you respond? Oh, is it, this is a difficult one, Boom. And um, Well, I mean, listen, you, you, handle, you handle the difficulty with, with, with ease, it seems. So please, by all means, take <laughs> with, it away. <laughs> with, with ease, but not often with popularity. <laughs> so, so, look, I'm, I'm, maybe it's better. My take might not be a good one, but I'll just go with it and might, perhaps it'll just um, provide some better opinions from, uh, from the rest of the panel. So look, I'm not familiar with the Halo law. Um, so the TV show for me, and uh, needs to be compelling right um so i again i'm not as invested as others might be so um first off for me when anything when anything like this happens when your favorite book or tv or comic book or whatever right or your um etc uh, etc et something that you're that's beloved uh to you, to you personally if if it's if it's coming to the TV, be appreciative, first of all, that the show's being made, right? And, and I think this is something that's been touted for, for many, many years, as far back as I can remember. And and secondly, you kind of have to take a step back and, and realise, first off, it's not your time, it's not your energy, and it's not your finances that are producing the show. So someone somewhere is taking a risk, right? And thirdly, the TV show, for me, has to pay off and appeal to a worldwide audience as much as possible. So... If the show isn't exactly what you desired and sort of veers away from the Halo law, which was written some started being, you know, began being written some 20 years ago, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you might expect or suspect a, a little deviation, interpretation, and, and final representation, right? To allow to allow, allow the series in itself, if it indeed moves beyond the initial season. I think I think you mentioned that the second season is Yeah, it has is, been confirmed. It has like been a re-upped for season two, correct? <laughs> right. So and I think that that some changes may have had to have been made, and I'm just 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 guessing supposition on my part, right? I, I don't I don't know these guys, right, or what they're doing. So, and it may some of this stuff may be done, right, in order for Halo to evolve, right? No no pun intended, obviously. Um, and and it's not an easy task, right? And we've seen so many get it wrong, and, and we've seen so many get it right, and we've seen some get it, you know, improve upon what's gone before in, in terms of what the TV show or the movie represents, and. And for me, I can only hope that the Halo show is, is something that everyone can enjoy. That, that's the first and foremost. Ardent fans and, and uh, sorry, whether it's ardent fans or, as Pong was saying, many, many um, newcomers, right, to, 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 to the show, right, that don't play the game. And no doubt the show is going to be localized and, and showcased everywhere, right? And for, for me, you know, um, there's another show coming, which I'm because I'm I'm a fan of The Last of Us. Um, I like number two, not as much as number one, which I think is probably a very sort of common opinion. And no, no, yeah, I, I, last... I agree with you. I just disliked two terribly, but but continue. Yeah. Yes, so yeah, I, I won't go that far, but yeah, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll go with you, but I don't want to get kicked off the show. So, and I also don't expect the The Last of Us right to be sort of spot on, just as the Resident Evil movies and, and TV shows and, and the comic book sh uh, movies from Fox and, and some some you know. Not, not so much the Marvel, they're kind of almost spot on, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I don't expect The Last of Us to be spot on either. And and I think it will be okay if you observe it for what it is, right? Unless you're, I don't mean to be rude, but unless you're really neurotic and really entitled and uh, you just won't, and anything that changes is complete heresy, right? So, and then that's just, that's just really sort of too far out, the too extreme. But I agree with Pong 
the fact that, listen, look, you know, if you're in the business of uh, public facing information and dissemination of what's going on behind the scenes, this is kind of disconcerting, right? You, you need someone to do better PR. Maybe they should just hire this panel, um, as I'm sure we could do with a fraction <laughs> I, of I'm what always looking to make an extra paycheck. Are. So by all means, hire me. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then we'd cost a fraction <laughs> of what some of these companies are charging, right? It's just quite ridiculous. But but often you have to you have to sort of you kind of have to appreciate right um, that the overall for me right is that the profile and uh, and the goals of Xbox and Game Pass etc are being met and as far as I understand Xbox and the shareholders or stakeholders who manage the Halo IP will have a say if not be along the critical path uh, in terms of the getting pre- approval process right um, and. And the reason why I say that, and I don't know how involved they are, but love him or hate him, Neil Druckmann was invited, or perhaps he imposed himself on the HBO show, right, to ensure that the and he was went went up there and so on and so forth to ensure that the spirit of The Last of Us is imbued into the show. And again, boom, to your point, I hope it's more Last of Us One than Last of Us Two. But um, but if the show fails, I think it's got to come down to Xbox uh, to a large degree, as uh, perhaps even being you know sort of sanctioned as an absent landlord perhaps right because ultimately they are the stakeholders they are the owners right and if and if the show is you know from an individual's perspective is is not for you because it might not pander to your exact prerequisites and expectation expectations i i understand that and i understand how you feel but again it's not your investment and the show's success or otherwise is not your concern right but what we're, what I think, what Pong is saying, and what, what you're saying, Boom, is that look, it's got to, it's got to increase, it's got to uh, enable, it's got to support, it's got to embrace, and it's got to, um, and it's got to uh, improve uh, what Xbox is doing and uh, TV, TV shows and television and movies. You know, they're, they're a fantastic outlet to grow your IP. And as again, as I say, I hope it's a, a good show. It's, and again, as I say, it's not easy to invest and create a show based on a game or a short story or whatever. It's risky at best, right? And you guys know this, right? I mean, Mav does shows on this stuff, right? So the important thing is that I, it may well, for me, what it has to do is may well sort of or, or, or go towards, right, sort of serving the overall standing expansion and thus the global sort of what's the, what's the repertoire of xbox right the halo ip and the k and the current um halo infinite which i think is what um was uh, pong was alluding to right in, in, in points that he was making and all of that via game pass etc and all the potential new customers right and um not not just in gaming but consumer licensing as well right which is a huge part of ip holders business right and regardless of if facts if you're in fact if you're, if you're xbox or disney or whatever nintendo etc and at least it should be anyway, right? Because looking at the kind of money that uh, Nintendo are making from the consumer division. But yeah, I, I think it'll open up huge new avenues. I think the show, if it's good, um, because a lot of the newcomers are not going to be familiar with the law and so on and so forth. But if it imbues the spirit uh, of the game and uh, what's enamored so many people to, 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 to the video game, um, then that's the minimum that I, I would hope for and anything beyond that uh will just um just be you know more success that xbox can use to uh expand on whatever their goals are for the next five to ten years so uh, again i think i'm uh, um dithering here a little bit so i'll just no I'll just no no i mean listen you, you make a lot of sense listen i a lot of people are going back and forth in the chat of course respectfully uh a lot of people 
are expecting it to be good. A lot of people are saying that they want to uh, increase eyes on it, bring in more than just the hardcore. Uh, and, and and I believe everyone is right here. My, my only, uh, I have to agree with Pong, is that, man, you know, you 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 you. you you kind of throw up a brick wall to everyone's expectations when the first thing out of your mouth is, hey, what you know, how, how was the series made? Well, we never looked at the game. We never acted like the game existed. You, you, you just don't say those things. No. You're like, yeah, you know what? We took inspiration from the from the from the game and, and, and the, the incredible lore, but we made it our own. That's how you say you made change. And people like like this, everyone's applauding because they're like, OK, they, they did take some lore. Uh, you know, and they did take some inspiration because the Master Chief looks like the Master Chief. His team looks like the team that he, you know, from, from the books. Even though it's it's a, it's Silver Team, I think it's called. Um, you don't have to come out and, and be combative and say, you know what, <laughs> none of the lore matters because I'm running the show because that's what it sounded like. And per and when you project that, you you, you really do. You kind of doom the show from the start because people are going to be like, I mean, look, the guy in the chat, I don't remember his name, said, why should I watch the show? There's no lore. I don't care. And that's what you don't want, right? So I'm not going to go based on just what he said. I, I saw some, some, uh, uh, you, know, some uh, you know, commercials like everyone else. I, I, I kind of like what I saw. So I, I'm going to give it the, the old college effort. And, and because like, like um, BJ just said, I mean, let, let's not be entitled here. There's a Halo show coming. That's still a big deal. As long as it doesn't really go off the track where it does, it's just, it's horrible. I still think we can all enjoy it. You want to add something, VJ? No, I'm, I'm in alignment with you, Boom. The, the, if this is, I mean, this purported, whatever this guy's saying is that it just, like Pong was saying and what you're saying is kind of counterintuitive, right? It's like you want to enamor people to your show and, and you want to have that fat core fan base um, on on side, right? So why would you say something like that? Again, as I say, you know, I'm a proponent that they should hire perhaps, you know, <laughs> members of the panel, right, to do their PR for the show. And I like the, it. The, I like it, man. I, I, the, I don't even need insurance. I got, uh, you know, insurance for life in the NYPD because <laughs> I retired. So I mean, I'm good. I, I don't even got to give me health insurance. We got that covered. I think, I think the important thing here boom is that look if in if in two months or three months time you know microsoft turn out turn around and say hey you know what halo's engagement numbers are now north of 30 million right then, then the show's done its job yeah no you're you're 100 listen first of all before i bring Megan in on the conversation i want to welcome in mr joanna dark what's going on brother how you feeling i'm good i'm i'm upset that when the master chief took its helmet off that i was in pong soul under the helmet you know so <laughs> i think we all are i, I, turned I, down, I, I, turned down I think a small piece of us are all disappointed it wasn't pong soul underneath yeah. that helmet but uh yeah. listen welcome to the program uh, we'll Thank get you. to your opinion on this mav uh welcome back brother this has been a big topic on uh, a lot of your shows and uh we're here we we have arrived to the almost the end of march this week on paramount plus we are going to get a chance to check out episode one of the Halo TV series. And again, it's launching with some controversy thanks to the producer kind of, you know, maybe not appreciating the fan base. Maybe he, you know, I, I look, I'm going to be honest with you. I have to agree with Pong here. I thought it was disrespectful. There are certain... I don't know what it is about Hollywood types. I I, I think that there is some sort of a, a creation God complex that they have that they uh, maybe they're, they're built with no filter uh, and they don't understand a fan base that, 
you know, you just don't say certain things. He sh probably should have a handler. Someone should have been like, hey, what are you going to say when they ask you this question? And someone from the team been like, don't say that because you're already going to throw you're going to throw a monkey wrench into the engine and it's not going to run right. Why don't you just say this? And I think that we wouldn't be having this conversation and there would be no concern. Uh, again, I'm excited because there's a Halo series coming and I get to use my uh, my, my subscription to uh, Paramount Plus for other things. And now Halo's one of them. I'm super stoked for it. Um, wh where do you fall, Mav, a a as, a as a big Master Chief or more importantly, Halo fan? Do, do you have some concerns for the show? I don't really have any concerns for the show. I have concerns over the media training that these people have had. <laughs> like, um, everything good, I've seen man. from the show so far has me hyped. Like, it's it's the biggest budget Showtime uh, producer. Big shout out, real ever. quick. I'm sorry to cut right. you off. Big shout out no, to no. I Steel Rain in the chat. Obviously, Pong, I think you know who that is. He confirmed $10 million per show. Yeah. It's a massive budget, right? It is a dream come true for me to actually have something Halo on the screen like this. You know, before we had that huge Peter Jackson movie that got canned, right? Um, the Neil Blomkamp directed, but as Peter Jackson uh, produced show, uh, that I'm uh, not show, but movie uh, that actually they developed all those props for and everything and ended up turning into District 9 after it was canceled, right? Um, since then, you know, there's been like, hey, hey, where's... Is Halo ever going to return to the big screen? Are they going to actually ever do it? Now, it turns out they did never give up on it, and finally something happens. The things that bother me is of the aspect of this. Coming out and saying things like that puts puts a negative light on it for the hardcore. Because you're, you're referencing the source material, right, in, in creating a show. You have to. The fact that he, they say they didn't is a flat-out lie to say they never looked at it because you can even see the trailers and you can almost have one-for-one -one copies of visual cues from the games. Correct. Right? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. jumping out of the Pelican, right? And, and like, it's almost like one-for-one. -one. Like, you can't you can't say that they didn't look at all at the games because that's a flat-out lie. I mean, it, there's obviously things in the show there are plenty of cues least... that I noticed from the short trailers that right. literally, like you said, one to one. So what does that mean then? So what I think they're trying to grasp in is like story wise and where the directions of the story is going. They don't want to be hamstrung by the games. Now, if they had just flat out said that, which they've said in the past before, then that makes a lot more sense to people. Right. And then I look at who this interview was for. The original interview was for Variety. Right. Uh, where these quotes Correct. were all taken out of, and it's and it's almost like they were speaking to Variety, trying to like sell the show to like people that weren't gamers, right? Hey, don't worry, everybody, this isn't going to be a dumb video game show. You know what I mean? And I came across almost as like insulting back to gamers, which is why we're having this discussion. You know, it's like it's okay to reference the games. Well, what's wrong with video games? You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's like all these quotes from everybody in this in this interview. Was like, yeah, hey, don't worry, everybody. We didn't even look at the games, right? So then I look at other things like The Witcher, right? Where they say the same thing, you know, they don't really look at the games or whatever. It's all from the books, which is makes most sense there because the books are the original source material. Correct. Much like Halo is the original, 
the games are the original source material for Halo. That's why you shouldn't say that they didn't look at the games, right? <laughs> but with The Witcher, that you can still tell there's a lot of cues from the games even in there, even though they didn't use that as a source material. And what we got with the show is uniquely uh, unique from the books. It's unique from from the games, and it's its own thing, and it's a critical and massive success. So what I hope for Halo is something in the essence of The Witcher, right? Now, that the other hope I have, not just because of the massive budget they have, is the other uh, quotes we've had that Steven Spielberg has had his hands all over this, right? Um, where he's been the executive producer, some thought, okay, it's just going to be a um, just a title kind of thing. You know, he has money behind it and all that kind of stuff. But uh, there's been actual articles and interviews saying that he has actually, um, uh, let, me, let me find this one here. Um, the according to another executive producer, um, it was revealed that Spielberg heavily involved in the show and left his mark on nearly every aspect. He, he godfathered it in terms of reading every script, helping choose showrunners, writers, directors, cast, production, design, and visual effects. Every aspect of it, Spielberg looked at. So that has me also a lot of hope because that's not just like, um, you know, somebody we never heard of, you know, it's Steven Spielberg, you know, creator of some of the biggest and best franchises of all time in movies and, and, and TV shows. Right. So um, I, I have a, a lot of hope that they have treated this with a lot of respect and also budget and not just tried to do something like, like half ass, you know? And so I, I'm, I'm not going to let like some stupid comments that they made to variety ruin the hype for me. Although it does create negative conversation. And you don't want to do that before something comes out, but, but especially coming from the core fan base. So they made a huge mistake with choosing these these comments. I don't necessarily believe that 100% either, just, just based on all the visual cues. But I don't expect the story to line up 100% either, which is for me is okay, right? I, the, the, the person that said in the chat, I, like, I respect everybody's opinion, but like, I don't need it to follow the lore in the game. I want it to be Halo, the TV show, right? Because yes, if if it if if for this to really succeed, I want season one, season two, season three, season four, season five, season six. I want it to keep going. I want it to keep going. And if they keep doing things in the in the in the show that are gonna, you got to think of it backwards. Are they gonna affect the game that we have yes. to play? Are we gonna be having to force our decisions on the creations of the games that they're making on what happened in the Halo TV show? Um, I don't think us as gamers really want that either. So you have to have two kind of separate entities here, which has also happened with lots of different things where you can respect each other. Um, I think this has a lot of uh, a lot a big chance to be one of the biggest uh, game crossovers uh, ever, and yeah, maybe no, I absolutely agree. So I I have a lot of hope for it. Dumb comments puts unnecessary negative light on things and creates bad conversation. But I'm it's not ruining my hype whatsoever. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like I said, I, the, the 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 DC Hollywood types they they need to have handlers that uh you know say hey listen not a great idea to turn around and say some you know something like that before the show is, is dropping. Again, the way I would have handled it quite simply is you know, listen we we looked at the lore and quite frankly it's an incredible uh you know list of things to get into. But, you know, even though we are, we're, you know, we're not doing one to one to the game, we did respect where the where where the law came from. 
that's there's ways to handle it to say that you're making it your own without saying that hey game that we looked at it as if the game didn't yeah, exist exactly. it's, it's not it's not good but I, I again me me i'm still excited uh excited joanna dark before we get you in we got to welcome in boxenberger who unfortunately in his region of the world has not pushed the clocks forward <laughs> so he was at work when we started welcome back boom it's program. actually just the us who who has changed the clocks the rest of the world will do that this sunday so it, it's, it's sunday it's, coming up yeah it's, we were it's, it's the us who, who did it special ruined everything the us <laughs> yeah i'm sorry we still uh, have have a little uh, weird time delay um but we turned the clocks on sunday and uh, that's why i expect to be back next week for the full show but i'm glad to be here um and excited to talk with my brothers here um all the latest in gaming so yeah, thanks for inviting me. Nah, brother, thank you for being here. And uh, Mr. Joanna Dark, obviously, uh, we know that you have a, a tremendous uh, affection for Halo. Uh, do, does the, do these comments sour your mood, so to speak, regarding your excitement for the Halo series launching this week? I hope it's a CW show. So I could be more excited. No, I'm joking. Um, uh, yeah, no, I'm not. Want, I'm we not. definitely don't want that. <laughs> no, no. Um, I do agree with what um, what I've been hearing from everyone in the panel about, uh, I guess, the the way the wording and the communication coming out. I think as I look at more, and I'm looking at this, and I want to quote it from here. When he says, we didn't look at the game, uh, says season one showrunner uh, Stephen Kane. We didn't talk about the game. We talked about the characters and the world. So I never felt limited by it being a game. I think from a lot of the things when we see a lot of the, um, I guess, adaptations of video games like, you know, Assassin's Creed and all this, I think the problem a lot of times when they make these type of things, they try to retell us a story that we already played. And sometimes I really don't want a story that I enjoyed already retold. If anything, I want a interpretation that sticks still to what Halo is or anything, you're, any type of video game that uh, adaptation I'm looking at, but also gives me other stories that um, exist in the world. The other part that I, I looked from this article was the fact that they referenced this, the MCU and how Disney has done some of the things where maybe it, it, it changed some of the events that happen in comics. And what I look at this is that, to me, the way I interpret this, and this is, again, bad communication maybe, and you know maybe we can be their PR team, is that <laughs> they want to, you know, they still want to make this a story, but what they want to do is, you know, if you look at Halo 1, right, Master Chief was just a person you played as was kind of really robotic and didn't really have a humanization of John 117. But as we got into the third one, Reach and everything, we saw the humanization of the Master Chief to kind of change the, the series, right? To, to, to make you care more about who he was. And I think this is what we're getting. We're getting, we're, they're probably going to stick to the lore, but they're going to give us their interpretation of a more humanized um, Master Chief um, and make it where you can enjoy it. Because again, I can play Halo Master Chief Collection and you can enjoy the way the game was told. But think about the original Halo, right? You just crash, you have a couple of lines here and there, and you're just walking. How do you really translate that one for one versus, you know, another thing they said here was taking from the expansive lore, you know, what if there are things that maybe many people that didn't explore Halo 1 or look at some of those archives, maybe they can take some of that, similar to what 343 has been doing with diving deep into the lore of Halo and bringing some things to the forefront. Um, I don't feel like it's something that I'm worried about. And again, until I see it, on, you know, when it comes out on the 24th. Um, but I do have faith in it. Uh, I, I think that you shouldn't be shackled by what the game is there. You should make sure that, of course, you give the people that are fans what we love about the world of Halo. But you should also have the creative freedom. You know, one of the things that, you know, sometimes when I do things is 
I don't want to look at what other people do. I want to be able to come up with my own ideas and learn from it. So I think what he what he was trying to say here is that I'm pretty sure you looked at the game, right? Um, that's impossible. But they took this world and they said, wow, there's so many things. But of course, I'm pretty sure they said, hey, the key thing is making sure that everyone that's not even a Halo fan can understand who Master Chief is. And yes. that's a hard thing, right? Most of the time when we go see these game movies is the only people that usually see them are fans. But what if I wanted to show somebody and say, hey, let me let me show you why you should maybe play Halo. You know, you have to toe that line of making it more accessible so you can also, but of course, also making sure that you keep the hardcore audience that has followed and loves this series also happy. So I'm excited to see this adaptation of Halo. And I think the other things from this article that I want to point out is that, you know, Microsoft has been very reluctant and they put a lot of this red tape. You know, it's been said over the years, you know, they talked about. I don't think a, a key franchise like that, you just literally let it go out into the wild and have it be destroyed or be of a quality. Yes, we've gotten Halo shows that haven't been great to an extent because of key things of storytelling, but this is the Master Chief. This is not like John Locke's, John Locke, his story, or, you know, some Spartan, you know, 777. Um, This is the Master Chief. So I have confidence that the people at 343, uh, and Wolf, you know, Kiki Wolfkill, best name ever, um, are kind of looking at this and making sure. And I think Matt brought up a good point. Steven Spielberg, who's a big fan, you know, you can't let this kind of be like a sore thing. Also, you, you, you know, you're looking at Sony, what they're doing with Uncharted with The Last of Us. You have to look at that and say, hey, let's make sure that our biggest franchise is also given, you know, a great, you know, um, movie adaptation or a show, excuse me. Um, so I'm I'm excited and I can't wait to see the first season and see what you know what things they change and what other things they introduce. That makes both of us. Uh, like I said, uh, I, I'm not going to allow uh, an off take comment to ruin my excitement. I don't think it should be for you. I think we should all give the show a chance. Again, it's it's Master Chief, man. We we're getting a Halo show, and I and I and again, I I get it's not going to be one for one, but we're still going to be. Uh, told a new story I, I don't i see that's the thing i get that you can't stray too far off to the right and i understand that there has to be a fine line between telling your story and forgetting lore totally agree with that but i don't want to be told combat evolved i played through that multiple times i know the story i understand the outcome so for me i'm still extremely interested Boxenberger, let's get but your one, opinion one, one last thing yeah, yeah if we if we can get some of the drama we got from hunt the truth where we get to know more about oni and how yeah, they that kind was of really play good. this hunt overall give give me some of that good stuff in this master chief show to kind of show what oni really is on top of everything else i would be excited too yeah, no, that, that that makes two of us. And uh, again, Hunt the Truth. If you didn't know what that was, that was that was awesome. That was the lead up to Halo Five. That was awesome. This is why I was disappointed with Halo Five story because Hunt the Truth was so freaking good. But again, we're not going to go down that route. Uh, Boxenberg, let's get your opinion on this. Are you excited, disappointed, lukewarm about hearing the uh, what the producer of the Halo series had to say, or or, or do you feel that maybe you know again it? it potentially taken out of context uh that of course they had to look at the game at some point they didn't just not look at the game where, where, where do you fall on on the halo show coming out later this week 
Yeah, I think uh, this is probably uh, taking a little bit out of context. Um, I think uh, what he meant to say, and sometimes uh, in these uh, interview summaries, um, th things just get cut out. What he was probably meant to say is that they didn't try to copy the games uh, and that they didn't look too much at uh, certain things because a movie, a movie story or a serious story, a TV story is something uh, different uh, than, a, than a story in a video game. Yeah, In a video game, you have to consider to stretch a, a, a certain storyline out over 15, 20 hours of uh, interaction with uh, of the player with that story. While uh, in, a, in a TV show, you have to do that completely different. So I'm not sure uh, if, if uh, this got in interpreted correctly. And let me say one thing. I, I'm going to judge always for myself. I've seen too many uh, um, storylines on social media, uh, hype something up, put something down that uh, I ended up enjoying. So I want to see the show. Uh, and then I'll judge. And before that, I I really don't care what um, what the storyline on social, on Twitter, or whatever is right now. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Unfortunately, I won't be able to see it uh, right away because it's still not available in, 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 at any streaming service here in Germany. So I will have to wait until someone picks that up. But can't wait to see the show. Anyone still Boom. there? Boom. Boom's, Boom's gone. gone. Boom's gone. <laughs> Are you? Uh, Boom, you back? Nope. Boom's gone. All right. All right. Oh, hey, great Take job. it away, Paul. Let's go. Hey, exactly. Let's, Let's go. go. Let's take over. We, we got plenty of people who've led shows here. That's not a problem. Hey, look. Great topic. Obviously, the Halo TV show is exciting for a lot of people. There's a lot of talk around it. And obviously, we're all hoping for the best that this actually turns out to be another fantastic uh, show uh, yeah. going forward because the Halo fans deserve it. Like Mav said, Mav is a huge Halo fan. There's a lot of people on this panel that are huge Halo fans. This is something that you look forward to, right? You, you dream about this while you're playing the game that you someday have a movie or a TV show that kind of deep dives a lot of the characters and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we hope nothing but the best, but we have to talk about this stuff because a comment like that can be disconcerting, right? That That's that's the deal with the, when you come out in public and say that to the fan base, it's not always the best. But uh, let's see, what topic do we have next here, folks? I, I, do, uh, I have a question first. Yeah, go ahead. Shoot. Did, did they say if this is going to be like week to week or are they going to dump it all at once? Ooh, that I don't know. I gotta imagine it's gonna be a dump, right? I think it is. Uh, so. They said it's a week to it's a week. week. Because, it's a week to yeah, week? Uh, yeah week to because week. Um, there there were a lot of complaints <laughs> that the reviews that are out for the show are only for the first episode because the second uh, wasn't made available yet. So it's it's probably a week to week thing. Mm. Yeah. Man, mm. I I hope it's, I, mean, I hope they dump the whole thing because I really love just like sitting there and like taking it all in at once, like one big. Sorry about that, gentlemen. I have to take a personal. Well, so Master Chief needs to eat, Math. So you know it needs to be week to week. No problem, boom. We got it. You can <laughs> go. You can go away now. Yeah, no, I'm Yeah, you know, I, I, you know what? And that's the thing. I, it's funny because I don't know. They haven't said whether or not they're going to do it weekly. Uh, we've seen that done with the Marvel shows. I, I, me personally, I kind of hope they throw it all in there so we can watch at our leisure not having to wait has any can anyone confirm whether or not that actually happened 
Um, I'm looking at the release dates for the episodes, and it is week to week. It, it is so March 24th is episodes one and two. Right. March the 31st is episode three. April mm, the 7th okay. is four. 14th is five. 21st is the sixth episode. Okay. Yeah. And we it's so like we're getting two at once, and then and then weekly after that. Okay. I mean that's that that's fine. It it, it is what it is. But uh, listen. Uh, this has been a great topic. I loved everyone's opinion. The chat has been on fire. There are a lot of people that are for the show. There are a lot of people that, um, uh, uh, oh yeah. Uh, Eric, the red just dropped a super five dollars. Super chat and says, what's up guys? Uh, just heads up T-Mobile customers get Paramount plus for free for a year. Whoa. I did not know that. And because I was sprint now T-Mobile, I'm going to be calling and saying, where is my uh, free one year subscription uh, immediately. Get my so, uh, yeah, one hundred percent because I already paid for it. I paid the hundred bucks uh, during the holidays when I had the, the you know the the the, the one year deal for hundred bucks. So yeah, that's uh, thanks for the super chat, but thanks for the information, folks. We got to get into uh, the next topic on the on the docket here, folks. And and, and again, this was a great way. Uh, first two topics really you know uh, hit the nail on the head, so to speak. Uh, you know, we talked about the. Uh, the new report from GameIndustry.biz regarding the shareholders to approve the deal on the 28th. Um, but I do want to talk about, and I want to hand the mic over to, of course, uh, Pang Sol, who dropped this into uh, the DMs earlier. Uh, who may, might have even been over the weekend. Uh, and uh, we got some Obsidian news to talk about. And folks, uh, according to multiple reports, they currently list 270 employees on LinkedIn as of today's show. But the studio is on a hiring spree and they have an additional 35 positions available. Uh, they are currently working on Avowed, which potentially might be shown this year during their showcase, which I'm going to be talking about with Jeff Grubb tomorrow. Maybe he can, you know, give us a, a little behind the scenes info during the new episode of X Vlog Live tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, they're currently working on Grounded, The Outer Worlds 2, and an unannounced project led by Josh Sawyer. Uh, and I, I have, to have to ask the question, Pong, before I hand it over to you. Is it Fallout New Vegas 2? My God, that would be awesome. But by all means, Pong, uh, take it away. Oh, well, <clears throat> thanks, Boom. I appreciate it. So, obviously, Obsidian, uh, one of the big original purchases by Xbox when they started doing um, their acquisitions, right? And Obsidian was one of those studios that's been around for a long time, produced a lot of memorable games but was ready to take that next step and being underneath the xbox umbrella obviously with the with the resources uh the time um you know the just the pure backing of not having to be that independent studio anymore has obviously done wonders for these uh, these folks over there at obsidian because again all you have to do is look at a project like grounded that without xbox never would have gotten off the ground pun intended um, so, and we see this growth and obviously we've seen this out of all the studios that Xbox has acquired. That was something that a lot of people were fearful of because the Xbox of old, the Microsoft of old had been known for closing down studios like Lionhead, etc. But going forward, the new Xbox, we've seen these studios come in underneath the umbrella and be given free reign, uh, to do what they do best, which is create and 
not only create, but to go out and expand their teams. And that's what Obsidian's doing here. And they're ramping up now. Obviously, we've heard from, you know, Jez Gordon, uh, shout out to him, Windows Central, friend of the show, friend of this channel, um, that, you know, Obsidian has internal goals of releasing one game per year, which yeah. absolutely sounds insane. Now, of course, <laughs> we're not talking about large AAA games all the time. We're talking about smaller projects, which, again, according to Jez, is Josh Sawyer. Uh, his team led, you know, it's interesting that you brought up Fallout New Vegas uh, 2 or whatever they're going to call it uh, when it does maybe finally get greenlit. But I think, boom, we're a little early in that discussion. Uh, Josh Sawyer, according to Jez, has been working on a smaller project, and I believe this is the more detective kind of uh, – based game more like disco elysium i believe is what jez mm, okay. uh, said it was going to be so this is a smaller project this is a passion project from him um with a small team of devs that are working on it but again just to see this growth we're talking about the growth of sitting currently right around 270 employees according to linkedin additional 35 uh studio or positions excuse me available so that put them over 300 look if they have the internal goal to do a game per year, whether that's realistic or not, right? That is a big goal. And that that's something, again, I will never, ever um, fault a dev for it, trying to go up and beyond what they're capable of. Um, I think that that's a great uh, goal to have. And I think that this is going to push the entire team forward. But we do know that obviously Avowed is their next big one getting grounded out of beta um, and releasing the official version of grounded is another one. And then of course we got the teaser for outer worlds Two, outer worlds one being an absolutely fantastic game. So they've already got a full plate include Josh Sawyer's game in there. Well, that's four right there. And if they've got them lined up, right. If development time is going forward, we could see that's four out of the next five years covered. If we do get a game this year from obsidian, which there are rumblings that Josh Sawyer's game may be ready. Um, cause he's been working on it for a while avowed. We'll see, uh, next year, you know, and then uh, going forward our worlds too. And then we got the grounded coming out of beta at some point. So four years covered. Right. Um, and yeah. I think this is great. Uh, obsidian is deserving of this. I've said from the get go that obsidian has done some of the best RPGs next to Bethesda. In fact, a lot of people consider new Vegas to be the best Bethesda fallout. Right. And it was done by obsidian. And then you got, you know, again, I think they're ready to take that next step to be in that consideration. And obviously this growth is towards that. But again, as far as the panel goes, when you hear this stuff and you hear Obsidian continuously growing, again, they've been doing this since they were acquired. They have not stopped posting positions. If you go back through the history, they have not stopped. But when you hear this about Obsidian, I think everybody on the panel here is a fan of Obsidian's work. What does this say to you all? as far as where obsidian is going and do you think that according and again this is just this isn't something that was publicly stated but if their internal goal is one per year let's say for the next 5 years do you think they could make that goal or do you think you know we as fans and we as gamers out here you know take that with a grain of salt say that hey that's great and all but we'll wait to see what happens but do you think obsidian can continue to maintain that quality if they're trying to hit that internal goal and, and what does this say about their future i mean listen i'm going to be honest with you they're hiring for a reason pong right they're they're close to once once these 35 positions are are, are filled 
that's going to put him over 300 people at the studio. Now, that may not sound like a lot of people to you, but just look at how many people, let's say, made Hellblade or how many people made, let, 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 let's keep it Obsidian, how many people made Grounded, right? A handful of, of, of passionate developers made this game. It, it has hit milestone after milestone. It's expected potentially to release fully this year, right? It has a great following. They're constantly updating it. They have taken um, player accessibility to a new level, especially considering people. some people are terribly afraid of spiders. They're able to make it where if even if you were a, a, someone that's, that suffered from arachnophobia, you could still play the game, right? These are the things that this studio is bringing to us gamers. I I don't think it's a it's it's a stretch to suggest that their quality cannot continue. To be honest with you, because I think that all we've seen from them is quality. Uh, but before I hand it back to your brother, I just got to catch up with some of the super chats if you don't mind. Uh, Drawn TJ drops an outstanding ten dollars super chat. Says people need to understand if they were supposed to follow the game, uh, and they did this then uh people would get mad and since they are not following the lore stop hating i yeah i hear you like i said um and um uh outbreak podcast uh drops an outstanding two dollars of chat and says holy s what an what what a power panel love these options well thank you brother definitely appreciate that sith lord drops a two dollars super chat and says halo series can't be as bad as the 90s mario movies yeah man i mean <laughs> I hope not. And Eric the Red, which I read his earlier. And then we have Aragato Sir. Just wow, an outstanding $20 super chat and says, in Lord of the Rings, in one of the battle scenes, the director wanted only the people who read the books to be in the front because only they can understand how important the scene was. That's what made the movies great. I mean, listen, I, you, you can't argue with that. I mean, look, I, I, I we're getting episodes one and two to start the the nine series, nine episode series this week, and we'll come back around to this next week and we'll give our honest opinions. But by all means, can, please continue, Pong. Yeah. So I mean, I guess you know, again, VJ, let's go to you, bud. Um, I don't know where you are with Obsidian Games. I don't know how many that you've played, um, or if you're a big fan or not. But obviously, you. Uh, with your knowledge of the industry, um, can see growth like this happening uh, shows a sign of strength. Obviously, we know the industry is exploding. We know that Xbox is trying uh, their very best to become the number one publisher in the world when it comes to video games. And obviously, so all their dev teams are going to get that backing. But Obsidian specifically being up there with the Bethesdas as far as RPGs go, um, and then coming out with things like Grounded, you know, a, a project that came out of nowhere and uh, really surprised a lot of people. A lot of people kind of dismissed it at first, and now here it is growing and growing and growing, much like taking the same path that Sea of Thieves did. Um, and it's just interesting to watch a team like this start as a small indie uh, developer make some very important games in the industry and then move on to a much bigger company like xbox and all of a sudden they're exploding and we always wonder whether or not the quality can continue but they show no signs like boom said of slowing down uh or losing quality whatsoever but your opinion vj uh with all your industry knowledge uh no matter what you think about obsidian 
you think this yeah. is a good thing that they're growing? And do you think it's a good thing that they have an internal goal <laughs> Uh, that we hear at least uh, that that they're trying to put out a game a year and really trying to become uh, you know a a powerhouse studio. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> boom! Your voice has changed. Yeah, you sound really different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, um, I can't really give you sort of um, a, a prescribed answer, but I can give you a few observations. Maybe that'll help to just sort of uh, frame your own views. So. Boom knows I'm I'm really fond of Obsidian and um, besides Grounded, which I haven't played, um, I'm keen on playing the other games that they are working on. I really enjoy the Outer Worlds too, etc. So, <clears throat> excuse my throat. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure about a game a year. Uh, y yes, it's possible, but however, making just a singular game uh, within a studio is an incredibly difficult task, as we know, right? And but then on the other side of it. Um, the ambition is okay, but given what's what we're hearing about what's going on over at Obsidian, I think annual supplemental content uh, per annum, so, so every 12 months, I think is a given um, uh, for, for, from that studio. So, and again, based on what I've experienced or observed, I, I trust Obsidian to deliver for Xbox in terms of appealing games for Xbox. I I don't want to compare studios, right? They all carry a different studio, um, a different spirit, right? They always they all carry a different vision. And triple <clears throat> uh, A, as I've said often, is quite, um, if you're comparing production values, that's one thing. But if you're then trying to say me and Mav, for example, in terms of how it cerebrally engages your imagination <clears throat> and how a game speaks to you, uh, could be <clears throat> a triple A for, for Mav, and it could be you know, a D for me, right? That that's all very subjective. So you've got to use AAA very, very carefully, in in my opinion. And um <clears throat> I think that, as I say, I trust Obsidian to deliver for, for Game Pass. And more so for a very uh wide and diverse Xbox and PC audience, right? I think they they excel at that, right? And I think that's why Take Two continually sort of try to <clears throat> How can I say? Uh, try to sort of control them as much as possible, right? To, to produce content for them, and and I should say that out of all of the Xbox studios, um, I think Xbox has this particular has an eye on this studio in particular, and I think it's way up on in, on on their roster in terms of what it can afford them longer term. And <clears throat> when you look at studios and projects and uh, publishing investment in general, I'm not even talking first party. <clears throat> if you look at Ubisoft, EA, Activision. And the plans that they make, $500 million today is not um, a lot of money. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Uh, it's not a lot of money for these major players. I think Xbox can see uh, Obsidian is a, a key player for them. And um, I'm really, really sorry. I think my voice is going. So I, I don't know if I can <laughs> just pause in, want to go to somebody else and then come back to me. No problem, um, DJ. I'm, I'm really, really sorry. Yeah, no, sorry no, no problem. No, no problem whatsoever, man. Take care of that voice. So, so Boxenberg, let's get to you, brother, real quick. Yeah. Because I know you've been uh, a fan of Obsidian. Um, I oh, know yeah. that you definitely have seen the growth in this studio and kind of projecting out uh, using the crystal ball. If they do even come close to hitting 
some of their internal goals as to what they want to become. And Avowed comes out the way that it's supposed to. And, and obviously we know what they can do with Outer Worlds. But this with, with them continuously growing and getting to a 300, we know the leadership is in place at Obsidian to handle a bigger team and keep that quality going. Do you see Obsidian taking their place as maybe out of all the acquisitions that Xbox has done and is going to do, Obsidian might come out of this at the end of the day maybe even by the end of this generation as the number one acquisition that Xbox made, even ahead of something like a Zenimax with Bethesda, that Obsidian comes out of the shadows of a lot of different studios and takes their place up there as a rain. What do you, what do you see going forward for Obsidian uh, in the future? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely their target. And I think they have uh, all the chances to actually achieve what you just described. Obsidian is always has been a quality studio. They have put out a lot of quality games. I'm you pre, uh, previously mentioned uh, people considering Fallout New Vegas the best Fallout to date. I'm one of these guys. <laughs> yeah, I I love what you. they do. my favorite of all of them. Yeah. Uh, and if you even go back to the KOTOR days, uh, how amazing were those? So they have a long history of making great games, Outer Worlds, uh, an incredible new IP. I love that game. So they have that um, in 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 their uh, DNA to, to 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 put out quality games. Now, what has changed since the acquisition? Of course, funding, general funding, has changed. They have now access to a lot more tech. Um, uh, they have access to other things like uh, better access to play testers, to people, to quality management, etc. All the this, these things are now available to them. And of course, with the funding along comes time. Um, and time usually equals in video games even better quality. So we already know about these four projects. Um, yeah, we know about obviously Grounded um, uh, being yet uh, uh, being in development and um, probably released this year we know about about um outer worlds 2 and that um disco elysium type of a game that uh that we all know so these four games are definitely in the making we hear the first talks about a new fallout game and their umbrella has started so there's a lot of stuff going on the thing that we have learned about um obsidian in the past is that they are also a studio that is very well managed and a lot of, of of video games fail because of proper management just look at halo and what happened over there at 343 um, a management issue so obsidian is very well organized just like for instance the coalition i always say the coalition is also a studio that is very well organized they work very structured and obsidian is the same so do they have the chance to become that um, top-notch studio? Oh, definitely. And I think they definitely want to be uh, become that, that powerhouse studio within the Xbox roster. You mentioned the Bethesda Studios. Will, will they, be, they, be, they be able to achieve the quality like a, a Skyrim um, or, or some of the previous um, Fallout games like Fallout 3? Um they definitely have the potential to do so. And they don't put out uh, one game per decade. So, yeah, 
there everything is there that for them to become that studio and i i do have uh, very high hopes because outer worlds 2 is now developed under that umbrella again they have now access to so much more technology and knowledge that's shared across the studios um, about um, it's already a very long time in development and um was apparently the reason why Microsoft acquired them. So they they have seen that uh, the the potential is there, and now they have the time and the funding. And I can't wait to see what that game turns out to be. I said it multiple times on different shows, uh, on also on this show that about is my most anticipated game uh, out of the Xbox uh, studios that is announced right now. Um, and yeah, Obsidian, there's definitely a chance that they will come out at the end of this generation as the probably most rewarding um uh acquisition for the microsoft studios uh, in terms of a single studio and yeah i can't wait to see what the future brings for them exciting future to be sure that, definitely, definitely. That, that we definitely. know about right vj you back yeah yeah i'm back and i, I just want to piggyback piggyback yeah. on what um my right. european friend said um yeah. This is only two of us on the show today. Um, I think I think Xbox can see Obsidian as a, as a key player for them. And and why would you not afford yeah. a savvy studio that has survived in business in a tricky and shark-infested industry for decades, right? They know what they're doing. And and afford them, right, as in Obsidian, right, the opportunity to sort of become a multi-tiered or multifaceted studio, right, which perhaps many like uh, um, Box and Bear said, right, is um, is afford them the internal facilities and infrastructure that larger studios benefit from, right, while not losing what their uh, um, what the spirit of the studio actually is today. And and I think that <clears throat> when you're looking at recruitment, more personnel, staff, um, and as um, uh, Box and Bear was saying, to do help to deal with the heavy lifting, right, which which they've had to do a lot by themselves and flesh out several departments, right? And so that the creators and the vision holders can help expand the studio uh, and the teams into a far more well-oiled machine that has higher production values. And at least at least that's what I picked up from the Noclip um, documentary on Outer Worlds, which kind of explains to you about how they work. And you can just see there's so much room for improvement, right? That Or, or so much room for improvement in terms of how they would benefit from significant investment and 500 laying out 500 million dollars over a five five year plan or three year or four whatever it is is not a lot of money for microsoft you know that and it's not yeah. a lot of money for third party publishers and and for me it's part of the course and i feel xbox have looked at sony's efforts and strategies with insomniac and i and i draw some parallels there and as i as i keep suggesting and i'm with box and bear here that i think obsidian is the shrewdest deal that they've done and yeah. perhaps the most critical right and because i think that they're prolific and i think they produce popular content i think they have a really good pipeline go watch the documentary and i think that there's a lot that xbox can learn uh, from them as well and i think it's going to significantly benefit uh, game pass going forward uh, I, I think surprisingly so right in terms of the delta in terms of what they spent on that compared to what um, um, any of the other studios or companies that they acquire for them. And no, no, that's arguable because you say, oh, well, Call of Duty, et cetera, et cetera. But let's just see what happens with that going forward. But 
This is an unsullied, it's a private acquisition, everything's exclusive, including Outer Worlds 2. And if you're unaware, right, Insomniac have grown, and I, and I think I've heard you guys talk about, have grown rapidly, right, and also have multiple uh, studios um, uh, releasing content, right, over uh, annually or, or uh, every two years, right, with, um, with um, DLC sort of on, on an annual basis, right? And then they're also producing con uh, projects in parallel. And I would say that because I just think that looking at Obsidian, looking at their past, they just have that now, so they have that experience experience and they've worked with as i said with uh, suspect publishers in the past that have held them held them down right <clears throat> and and i think that microsoft with this investment can really really help them flourish and i would say obsidian <clears throat> are worth the punt and the investment uh, if there is an investment pool and if xbox do decide you know how you know subscription fees are allocated to specific studios you know for the long term and i, and I think that these guys will be really high on the list i'll be surprised if they're not to be quite frank with you and i just hope that with the expansion they continue to imbue right and not dilute that magic that's made them so popular till today right anyway that's what i think it's it's always a risk in terms of expanding and over-expanding and then doing it over, you know, very, very quickly and so on and so forth. So as long as it's planned, it's methodical, and it's and it's how they know how to run a business with not too much interference, but as long as there's oversight from Xbox, you know, and guiding them and helping them, helping them sustain what it is that they want to do, then I think everything that you've um, sort of uh, pointed towards uh, uh, Pong, I, I think it's absolutely possible right and everything i've said in terms of mitigating circumstances uh, in terms of risk and, and reward i think I'm, I'm pretty sure they're well aware of it far more than i am anyway so uh only because there's a lot more of them than me so <laughs> but yeah, yeah that's, that's my take on it Paul. great great points vj and i'm glad you got your voice back brother that's thank worst you. case scenario we can now real quick the hellboy in the chat says obsidian is our insomniac games pretty much would you agree with that pong yeah i think they have the potential to be that and i think that that's it's always funny when we go and, and we kind of try to you know side by side okay sony sony's got naughty dog and and you know we mm. we think ninja theory could move into that role right and they've got insomniac and but i think it i think it's a fair point even though they might make completely different style games just from a quality standpoint a consistency standpoint right we know what insomniac can do and i think that obsidian is setting themselves up for that and i'd like to kind of piggyback over to Mav off of what Boxenberger and VJ just got done talking about. Cause Mav, you and I have been in the DMS and, and, and I didn't forget about you, Mr. Joanna dark. We're going to bring you in here to wrap this uh, topic up here. Um, but Mav, you and I have been in the DMS and we actually over the past few months here have been watching what obsidian is doing. Obsidian not right now, first of all, in the industry, the talent is, is one of the most precious resources outside of time. We've talked about that so many times talent, People can go anywhere now, right? The industry is exploding. If you don't have a job as a dev, you can go find one in a matter of moments. And again, of course, I'm being you know a little dramatic there, but but what I'm saying is that everybody's hiring right now. But Obsidian's name alone and what they've been able to make is drawing in, and they have the ability to draw in some of the best talent that the world has to offer. And we've seen that directly. Now I'll bring up a specific example that you and I were in the DMS back in January about Ryan Warden, right? For people who don't know, he is now the production director at Obsidian. He was hired in January. This guy's resume. He was a senior producer at Riot Games for six years. He was with Bioware for 11 years. 
He produced. He was the producer for Dragon Age Inquisition, the Mass Effect trilogy compilation, Mass Effect One. He was the associate producer on Mass Effect Two and Mass Effect Three. He was a software engineer on Jade Empire back in the day. So we're talking about bringing in some of the best of the best talent, Matt. So from your standpoint, when you look at these hirings, when you look at Obsidian growing out, you know, to to kind of bounce off of what what Boxenberger and VJ had to say about the talent level, whether or not keeping the quality. Matt, do you have any doubt that what we're going to see from Obsidian, you know, what we've seen so far is indicative of what we're going to see in the future and maybe even more in the future as far as the types of games we're going to get out of this team and taking their place within that upper echelon of devs, if you don't already consider them there, taking their place next to the Bethesdas of the world, next to the Insomniacs, next to the Naughty Dogs. What do you think, Map, about Obsidian and where they're going here? Yeah, Obsidian's always been those devs' little brother, the the, the go-to for sequels, right? Hey, here's all the source material. Make us a quick game so we can get another game out next year, right? Like, they did that with Fallout. They did that with um, Neverwinter Nights, you know, back in the day. They did that with uh, Knights of the Old Republic, right? So they were always that, like, little brother of, like, not creating their own franchises, but, you know, uh, making people sequels back in the day. And and they did a really good job at it. We got a lot of great games from that, right? Um, and I'm glad we're talking about this because... There's been too much talk about, oh, uh, the studio's letting these people go. Doomsday scenarios, all these the, the firings at this game. Oh, this person left this studio. But then the, around all of that, those little nuances here that everybody discusses is because th- those are like small examples compared to the huge example that we have here of all of these studios, not just Obsidian, hiring like crazy, right? And this is not something that's been talked about enough. Is the growth of all of these studios, right? And specifically, we're talking here about Obsidian, who is also hiring, and like you said, great talent. This is going to elevate them, right? Um, because they have they have good direction there. They have direction that goes all the way back to Interplay, back in the day. You want to talk about a studio that's been around, right? I mean, their ties go back to the roots of original western rpg development what xbox is doing is 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 investing in that right and not only have we seen already fruits of that with grounded and and these game announcements right outer worlds 2 and about but these games are going to get the first party big time treatment unlike the little brother treatment right and whereas we're getting that now that we're going to see that reflected in the games, we're no longer going to see something happen like Alpha Protocol, right? Where it had so much potential, it was a cult classic because of the um, potential in that game, because of the ideas behind it, but didn't ever have the time or budget to fully realize the vision, right? Now, Xbox fully realize obsidian's visions and grow the studios to support those visions right so back in my mind i want them to go get the right south protocol uh from sega just so we can see uh that come to fruition someday maybe we can get something happening there but even if we don't man these these games that they got going we're gonna get such a mix of variety between them because you got things like grounded you're gonna have things like josh sawyer's game 
you know, you're going to have the traditional CRPG stuff like in the future, like maybe like a no, more Pillars of Eternity um, and that kind of stuff. But then we're going to get these huge, big uh, first person slash third person open world Western RPGs like Avowed and Outer Worlds 2. And I do the future is bright for Obsidian, just like it is a lot of the acquisitions that Xbox has made where people have been questioning, why are they making acquisitions? You know, why are they doing this? They don't have any history or track record with studios. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And they are investing in that talent. It's, it's no different than what a lot of other companies out there have been doing. And what has been praised numerous times, not only in the growth, but also from Xbox is the hands-off approach. Now, they've also been criticized some for that as well recently, which has been very strange. I guess it depends on the studio and if you can handle it. Some maybe some need more hand-holding than others, but a studio like Obsidian doesn't need handheld. A, a studio like Obsidian needs that creative freedom and that budget to create that vision, right? And that's what we're going to get. I, I'm super pumped. I also, on, on the, like, a little side note, Obsidian's cousin in exile yep. is also going to be on the same track as obsidian here and they are not maybe is going to be uh producing as many games as obsidian is going to be for us but them i see a future like obsidian with quality and we've already seen a glimpse of that with wasteland 3 and the expansion that they did uh last year uh, the earlier was it earlier this year or late last year i don't remember exactly when but the next thing that we get from in exile, be prepared because I don't think any of us are going to be prepared for that. I think it's going to be something massive. Anyway, I think you, I think done. you're spot on with that, Mav. Uh, you, you and I have had so many conversations about this as far as the writing talent goes between Obsidian, in exile, and Bethesda. You have some of the best in the best at creating stories and characters, and I think that you're spot on with in exile. But Mr. Joanna Dark. I knew Mav would I knew Mav would bring up some of the points that I had in the back of my head as well. And I think I want I want your thoughts on Obsidian, but I also take it in a little bit of a different direction as far as the diversity of games that Obsidian can create. We hear about, you know, uh Playground taking on Fable for the first time, known as you know the makers of Forza Horizon being part of the racing genre, uh specifically, and now moving on to an RPG. And we've heard some um some talks about that um about maybe that that is a tougher transition than people expect which is to be expected but with obsidian between grounded evolved fallout new vegas knights of the old republic too, all these different style of games alpha protocol mav just brought up we've seen obsidian throughout their history and again this is a core team that much like bethesda has been together mav brought up uh, interplay. Uh, there's Black Isle devs. These people have been together for a very long time. And even though they're hiring and they're bringing in new people, I just pointed out Ryan Warren being one of them. They're bringing in this experienced team of people from a wide range of diverse, different uh, games. And I want to, I want you to, first of all, Mr. Dark, to get your opinion out there on Obsidian and what they're doing, what this growth means, but also for the Game Pass ecosystem specifically. Right, we know that part of the deal with Game Pass is that you have to have a wide-ranging style, uh, genres of games in there to keep people not only interested in the service, but to bring new people in, no matter what they're interested about. And it looks like Obsidian has the background and already has shown us with things like Grounded 
and potentially this new Josh Sawyer project that they're not just RPG devs, right? They're not specifically just about that, that they can go out and broaden their horizons and make all different types of games. Mr. Joanna Dark, what are your thoughts on, on those points? When Mav said um, Interplay, I was thinking about Clay Fighters and um, MDK yep. at first. Yep. You know, when, <laughs> I love MDK and I love Clay Fighters bad as it is, but um, I think Obsidian's a very talented, you know, developer you know we forget they helped with south park the stick of truth you know dungeon siege 3 uh, a diablo style you know yes. action rpg awesome we have game. neverwinter nights which i love alpha protocol they even have something called armored i think it's called armored warfare which is an online multiplayer uh game so i think what we, we see here is that obsidian has a diverse portfolio and talent to make all these different type of games and for for game pass that is perfect but of course, in order to make some of these things happen, you do need, you know, the manpower to make this happen. So, you know, I think everyone here on the panel made a great, um, you know, point in saying that, you know, Microsoft sees the value in them. They see that they have a, an established culture. They have people that probably know how to manage multiple teams and give direction and say, hey, this is what we want to do. This is how we're going to go. And yes, they have all these other projects. And, you know, with rumors of everything else from, you know, we have, of course, not rumored Auto Worlds 2. We have, you know, uh, New Vegas. You know, how do you not stretch that team and make sure that you continue to kind of keep what makes Obsidian great, which is the magic of their amazing games, is by giving them what they need. You know, you'll have leaders in place, like we have Josh Shore doing this project called Pentiment, I think this was called, um, which is supposed to be like Disco Elysium. You know, if you have the right people managing these teams, then you're all you're doing is literally saying, "Hey, look, this is what we have probably in our treasure chest that we want to bring back, and let's go ahead." And what that does is that you have now a studio that can provide this diverse content on Game Pass, while the other studios that are still figuring things out and maybe learning from them can work on their games, not feeling the pressure. So, in a sense, yes, they're kind of you know Microsoft Insomniac. We've seen Insomniac dip their hands in VR, you know, Spider Man, all these other games. So if they can provide these different experiences that kind of give different customers, you know, games that they like. So a, a game that maybe have some live service in there for people that want those type of engaging worlds. Maybe you want something like a, a, a traditional RPG, or maybe I would love to see Dungeon Siege back. Cause I, that was one of my favorite games. I think um, with this, they can definitely um, work on these multiple projects and deliver content for game pass, you know, for years to come. Absolutely. I think so too. Boom. Great topic, brother. You wrap it up. Some final thoughts here, brother. You, you heard that. Yeah. I, I, I have to say that when you look back to 2018 uh, and that particular E3, the announcement of playground games, Ninja theory and obsidian becoming Xbox first party is I, I, I listen, I, I know everyone's feelings on, uh, you know, a Bethesda, they they're incredible. Having Todd Howard a part of Xbox is a big deal. Name. Starfield, <laughs> Starfield <laughs> as being an exclusive is, is is a big deal. The Activision Blizzard is a monster deal. But when you look at the studios and you look at who has games coming out next, it's these three studios, right? You have Avowed, you have Fable, and you obviously um what, what, what am I missing? On Hellblade two. Those, I think, are the three most important.
important games to come out in the next two to three years. And I say two to three. I, I'm thinking there. I think we got a good chance one to two years. Next 12 to 24 months, we'll get all three of those games. And I think that those three first-party titles hold such significance to Xbox as a brand because – these three studios are incredibly talented, but these three franchises are one of which is brand new and avowed and fable. Well, I mean, it hasn't seen fruition since the 360 era, right? And Hellblade. Well, we know what, what, what Ninja theory is going to bring to the table from what we saw in the first one and what we've seen so far in the, 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 you know, the, the, the sequel, to the the war the award winning the BAFTA winning award in Hellblade franchise, I I couldn't be happier. But bringing it back around to Obsidian, listen, the fact that they have Microsoft backing and they're not really robbing Peter to pay Paul to do development is why Avowed is going to be a ninety meta game. Why it's going to be a game that we look to. And this again, I have no inside. I this is just my opinion, but I have a strong suspicion that you'll be talking about a vow the same way you talk about Elden, uh, not Elden Ring, uh, Elder Scrolls. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so, I'm so Elden thinking, Scrolls, you know, Elden Elder Scrolls, Scrolls pretty much. Elder Ring, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see the, the future. I think we're going to get a really good look at what that future is at this year's, uh, you know, Microsoft Bethesda Showcase. Uh, again, I keep calling it E3 in my mind because, well, it's always going to be E3 until it's not. Uh, and obviously, we know E3 is canceled, but I do have um, high expectations for the show. And once again, folks, we're at the two-hour mark. I want to thank everyone that tuned in. We had nearly 300 people here. And once again, I, I have to reach out to the community the notifications are not going out. This is this is a fact. This is not just my channel. This is a lot of people's channels, big, small, and otherwise. And YouTube, well, they're dragging their heels like they do. I'm I'm sorry to say I reached out to them via uh you know uh, social media because that's the only way I can because I don't have a handler because it's not I don't have a hundred thousand subscribers. And they told me, hey, tell your subscribers to check to see if the notification bell is on. And that's all I can do. I, I'm limited to what I can do because the channel is still too small. Uh, and I implore to anyone that is watching that will watch, that will help me share this on social media and other social platforms, L check your notifications bell. Uh, last year, there was an issue. All of the bells got clicked off. And look, my, the, the, YouTube is not dumb. They, they know what they're doing. We have heard rumors that they are down throttling the little guy. This is a fact. This is not me coming out and wearing a, a tinfoil hat and they're upping the ante with the people that have 100 plus thousand subs. This is something that's been going on the socials for quite some time. I believe them because I'm seeing it. I do four shows a week and I have to I, and I don't like to, but I have to be involved in the numbers aspect. And that's a, that's, there's a lot of work on the back end that people don't know. Number watching is one of them. And when I see what's happening, they are down throttling the channel. It, it's an absolute fact. You know, I'm, I'm normally good for 400 people here. We're barely getting 200. And that's because people aren't getting notified and they're doing something to the algorithm. And it's, and it's, and it's sickening, to be honest with you, because you guys know how hard I work on these shows. And it, it really does suck that 
you put the effort and the heart into this program only to be, you know, uh, you know, kicked in the ball, so to speak, by YouTube. And that's really what it comes down to. And it's a shame. And you don't have to have 10K. I don't care whether you have one sub. Everyone should be on the same playing field, but that's not the fact that, that how it works, and it's very disappointing. And if anyone from YouTube is listening, you guys got to do better. I, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm maybe maybe I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm I'm you know I'm pissing into the wind, and it's going to come back on me. I don't I don't know. Hopefully, it does not. But I'm this is a fair channel. We don't curse. Uh, you know, we try to keep it PG-13, and the quality of content is there each and every week. It's very frustrating when the people that are not scared to take your 30%, which is what they do. And every Super Chat, folks, if you didn't know, 30%. Every channel membership, 30%. That that goes right to YouTube before I get anything. So, you know, just, just keep that in mind. But just check your notification bells. See if they're on. And if they're not, please click it on. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing and, of course, hitting that notifications bell. But let's get everyone out of here. Boxenberger had to bounce because he had a work call. He'll be back next week at his regular seat to start and finish the show. Uh, Pong Soul, brother, sell your brand. Tell everyone where they can find you in other shows. And quite frankly, there's a lot of them. But with that said, you got to talk about living split screen with um, Steel Rain. I was listening to it today. I got through most of it. It was It's a long show, so it, was a, it, it, it <laughs> does power me through multiple days of cleaning, which is awesome. Um, big shout out to uh, Z Black Rider who says Google is evil. Indeed, they are. Unfortunately, uh, I have no choice. Uh, and uh, Zatanna... B in the chat. She says, thank you, Boom, for everything you do. Well, thank you for the compliments, Atana. Love the name. Reminds me of Zartan's sister from G.I. Joe, if you're a fan. Uh, her name, I think her name is Zarana, but it's close. It's close. Um, but uh, listen, Pong, yeah. you got to talk about living split screen. You guys, uh, the goal for 2022 is to hit the 1K. Uh, I think you guys deserve it tenfold over. You put on a great show each and every week. Very, very informative. You break it down in so many great ways. Talk about that. And more importantly, where can people reach out to you on social media? Absolutely. Well, what a great show. Uh, happy to have everybody show up. Boxenberger, Mr. Joanna Dark, Mav, VJ, Boom. It's great to see you all, brothers. Uh, again, look forward to this. No matter what, uh, real life gets extremely busy, but man, these are my outlets and you guys are my extended family. You guys know that they're all my brothers from another. And uh, I just appreciate being able to come here and talk gaming with all of you and the chat. So many familiar faces chat. You all are so supportive and loving and we appreciate you and nothing but respect for you guys coming out and doing that each and every week. Look, for the most part right now, you're only going to find me in Night City because I'm making my final push to <laughs> beat Cyberpunk. My initial playthrough over 270 hours, coming up on 270 hours at this wow. point of my initial playthrough of Cyberpunk. I know a lot of people have different opinions on Cyberpunk. Just let me tell you, if you had any inkling to play, play Cyberpunk, don't play listen. It. Don't don't listen to people. Play it. Go play it. The the. Again, I've played every single side mission now. I've cleared the entire map. New ones keep popping up that I'm, I'm that I'm playing through. But I'm telling you, some of these missions are some are are classic CD Projekt Red. They are some of the most I don't know. The, the, this is a game that's going to stick with me for a long time. It really is. So that's where you can find me now. But otherwise, hit me up on Xbox Pong Soul. Hit me up on Twitter Pong Soul. I will be there. I'll follow you. I'm not as active as I once was during the pandemic because again. 
real life is coming back to normal again. And that means the job is as well. So I, I, I'm not around as much, but I'm still on there and I, I will respond to you. And I appreciate all the DMS that I get randomly from people talking about the different shows that I'm on um, and how much they enjoy them. It means the world to me, uh, but please follow me there. Otherwise Thursday this week, PM in the PM Pong and Mav in the PM. That's right. My brother from another Mav right here. And I will be talking all the good news. We got a lot of stuff coming up. We got tiny Tina's wonderlands dropping this week. Uh, we've got a, a future game show this week. We're going to have a lot to talk about. So Please drop in there, Fun Speculations Channel, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time, p.m. in the p.m., two-man show, unless we have a guest, but normally it's just two-man. We're going to have a good time there. Friday nights, Xbox Ultimate, back on Fun Speculations Channel, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time, the great eight or however many of us can be there. Whatever the case is, we always have just a blast on Friday night. So join us on Xbox Ultimate Saturday mornings, like Boom was just talking about, is living split screen. My brother from another Steel Rain and I, get your morning started. Look, three plus hours, buckle up. Last week was four and a half hours because we hadn't talked in two weeks. So Steel and I just sit around and we have a great time. We get the chat involved. If somebody brings up great points, we're going to talk about it. Look, we're going to talk about all things across the industry, but living split screen mission 1K this year. Please tell a friend, like Boom said, the logarithm YouTube is not reliable. So we need people sharing it out, but we're making that push for 1K this year. So please drop in there. Living split screen. Split screen is all one word. It is 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 o'clock Central Time, 3 p.m. UK time. Find us, join us. I know you'll have a good time. Even if you can't stay for the whole show, that's fine. We got people that drop in, come back and say, you guys are still alive. Yes, we're still alive. That's right. We're going to continue to talk. So join us there. Shop podcast, Saturday nights, PTK Blam's channel. That is another fantastic way to end your Saturday evening. And now that the time change has happened, we're back to 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time, PTK Blam's channel, myself, Fuzzy Belvedere, PTK Blam, and whoever we have a guest on. We had Psychonauts on last week. Brother Psychonauts was there. Just another great time. Have us on in the background while you're playing games. Otherwise, people, it's the golden age of gaming. Not going to let you forget this. If you're a gamer, this is the time to be playing right now. It's never been a better time. So play what you love, love what you play, and I'm going to talk to you all real soon. Thank you. All right, brother. Thank you. And VJ, sell your brand, brother. Where can people find you to listen to the incredible points you dropped today? And where can people reach out to you on social media? Um, well, they can find me on your show <laughs> every Tuesday. Um, talking of shows, um, I'm on Midweek Gaming tomorrow with Stubbs Gaming, Removable Sanity, Cerebral Pool, and Animated Evil. Nice. So uh, you can check me out there if you want to. And uh, thanks for having me on the show, Boom. I really appreciated it. And uh, see you next week. Yes, absolutely. And it's great to have you on each and every week, brother. Thank you. Mav, sell your brand, brother. Tell everyone about Fun Speculation. Where could people reach out to you on social media? And what shows you got dropping this week? Yeah, boom. It's good to be back here again. Sorry I was late today. Uh, meeting got extended. And That's all right. Real life, to have folks. My Real life. In the meeting. <laughs> so it's like, man. It's... Anyways. Yes. Uh, this week, we will have like Pong said, Fun Pop, PM in the PM, Xbox Ultimate, FSP. Uh, trying to, I'm going to potentially have to move FSP. So I'm going to get with the guys and kind of figure that out. Key is taking about a month away as well right now. So as far as FSP on Saturdays, 
maybe either on hiatus or maybe rescheduled, but we'll, we're going to figure that out. Uh, but dude, I appreciate everybody here. If you want to find out when we're going live and find out updates for our channel, just follow me on Twitter at fun speculation, go to youtube.com, uh, fun speculation hit the notification bell if it works i've also been told boom that it's not working uh from some as well so uh but that it will work eventually i hope and that's a good way to find out when we go live um game streams uh podcasts and, and lots more but uh fun time mr joanna dark punk soul boomstick uh, awesome yeah, well, thank you, brother. And yes, uh, eventually they do. Uh, they get enough complaints from the community to get a com- yeah. enough complaints from me that it does work its way out. But it's it's frustrating, especially when you know. Look, YouTube is funny, uh, and we'll get to uh, Mr. Joanne Dark right now. They 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 pr- they put on paper that you, they want your channel to be positive and they want you to follow these YouTube guidelines, which this channel does each and every every show that I do. But on the back end, they promote hate. You know, if you're a hate, if you're a hating piece of, you know what, and you get, you know, you get a thousand people in your chat, they will promote that, and that's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, you know, stick stick to what's what you guys really want. You know, because it, it, it's the same thing with the newspapers. You'll never read a, a, a good story about a police officer because it doesn't sell papers. But if there's a, a bad cop, which there are not many, there are some, plenty, like every profession, they'll they'll. It'll be on page one to ten because that's going to what people want to read, and it's going to sell papers. Well, YouTube is very much very similar in practice. They will push the hating content uh, to because many people are tuning in for it. Because I don't, I don't know what what the, what the obsession is with hating on stuff. I, I don't get it, but you know maybe because I'm old. I don't know. But listen, just if you if you're having issues with the notifications, let YouTube know via your YouTube channel or via social media. And maybe we get this thing straightened out. Mr. Joanna dark. uh, You have a show coming up this week. I think you have two shows coming up this week, by all means, sell your brand and tell everyone where they can reach out to you on social media. Yeah. I always learn something new now about YouTube. I guess notifications, I guess I'll have to uh, make a video about why I love resident evil Corderonica and everybody can hate on me um, and get a lot of views. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I'll be yeah. your one like, Mr. <laughs> Oh no. I mean, I love Thank Corderonica. Miles Don Pierre will come in literally into my stream and, and be toxic about it because he, he doesn't like the game. <laughs> That's terrible. Shame on you. But, Miles. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, big, uh, underscore and underscore boss. I'm always there, and you know, thank you to everyone who interacts with me and you know has fun with me in, in in my tweets. Always appreciate that. Always love just kind of talking to the community and just kind of you know going into some of your tweets and just having fun. And on Wednesday, it's Xbox International on the Crazy Lou Gaming Channel, where myself, Crazy Lou Gaming, Sour Blow Gaming, and Silent Cypher get together and just have a good time. This week, you know, we're excited. We have Chaos Hante coming, so mm-hmm. you know. If Everborn's here, we're going to have a nice little Sonic Slander moment just for him. Um, <laughs> I always like, you know, guy grinding his gears. But yeah. And then on Thursdays, I hang out with uh, Jasmine and, and Albert on the Nickel Gaming Show, which we record on Thursdays and then goes live either Fridays, you know, evening or most likely whenever Albert gets to it on the weekend. But check us out. And, you know, like I said, you know, it's always positive. You know, we always want to continue to, you know, grow the community engage with the community and just kind of foster positivity yes as always it's a pleasure being on tuesdays here boom with everyone here it's great that even though some of us you know work 
and all the busy schedule will still, you know, have time to get together and just discuss games. You know, everyone here is very passionate. You know, I enjoy the the PCU, the Punk Cinematic Universe, because he's always on everywhere. So, you know, when I'm playing Elden Ring, when I'm playing Elden Ring, and I just want to listen to someone, you know, kind of talk about games and just kind of listen. Um, definitely like listening to Pong, and of course, Living Fist Scream is my the way I start my morning. You know, so you know, as always, it's a pleasure. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, well, thank you for being here, brother. Definitely appreciate that. And of course, folks, uh, big shout out to the uh, near 300 people we had here. Uh, big shout out to the Super Chats that continue to come in to power the giveaways. And we have a big one coming up for the month uh, for Easter. It's going to be our first giveaway of the year. And that's because obviously those giveaways are powered by channel membership as well as Super Chats. And, uh, you know, we'll be uh, announcing what we're giving away uh, in, in the coming weeks before Easter uh, but uh, uh, once again, I'm going to close out today's show with something that is important to me, folks. Hopefully one day be important to you. And that's something that my dad taught us when we were kids. And he said, son, treat others how you want to be treated. And also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules. And I can guarantee you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone. And we'll see you next week on the newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. <laughs>